From Harry Hurley Way in the world's playground to the broadcast pioneers of Philadelphia Hall of Fame. I want to congratulate my friend, Harry Hurley. You're about to find out why Harry Hurley has been named to the Talkers Magazine list of the 100 most important talk show hosts in the nation. Live from the studios of Town Square Media in Northfield, it's Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Hey, thank you. Welcome to the program. Six minutes past the hour. Uh, Not pleased about this, what I'll call Byron Donald's stunt. I was a very, I can't say fan, very few that I'm actually a fan of, but I did admire Byron Donald's and it's, it's not all gone, but a lot of it is gone. This has been a mess. You know, I wish sometimes that we all could be in on all the communications that I have with different people. So in the past, let's see, it's a little after 6 a.m. In the past 20 some hours, the number of people that I've talked to about what's going on in Washington, D.C. right now. And this is a it's a terrible process. It really is. It's just awful. The good news is I do believe that we will see movement today. So that's good. All right, before we get into any of that, let me give you a quick quick update on DeMar Hamlin because until he's off of the ventilator and out of the ICU and that it's self-evident that he's doing well and on the mend, uh, I have his photograph here that I look at several times, probably who knows each hour it's i purposely have it on my console right in front of me so that's my my little homage just to uh remember to remember him and the good news is while he is still in the ICU in critical condition they have released that there are signs of improvement and that's good quote he is expected to remain under intensive care as his healthcare team continues to monitor and treat him. And you, you no doubt re- remember he was involved in a football collision, a tackle. He stood up after the tackle. The belief is that he took a blow to his chest. And then we know, because we saw it, he fell back down backwards to the ground and then medical providers administered CPR and there was about a nine minute period where it is believed that a couple of times they had to use the uh, AED defibrillator and shock him back into rhythm and then allegedly a couple of more times at the hospital they needed to do it again according to an immediate relative of DeMar Hamlin. So what they think is, but they don't know yet. Maybe they do, but they haven't revealed it yet. They believe, though, that he suffered a condition. Now, I knew of the condition, but I didn't know the Latin term for it. Commodio cordis. Latin for agitation of the heart, and it involves 
a sudden blunt trauma to the chest that impacts the electrical impulses going to the heart and causes it to stop beating. So if you take a hit at exactly the wrong moment in the heart's rhythm, you can stop the heart. Still more tests need to be conducted, but that's what people believe. Quote, there's a lot, there's still a lot of investigation that needs to happen to understand that. NFL Chief Medical Officer Dr. Alan Sills said, quote, it's certainly not an exaggeration to say that the skilled and the immediate response by all of these talented caregivers prevented a very tragic outcome at that moment. We never want to see events like this occur, but if there were to be a medical emergency, there was absolutely the right team with the right equipment and the right training on site to be able to provide care. Great statement, and I'm buying every word of it, and I do believe this. Had they not had the defibrillator, now, of course, it's it's an NFL game, so they're going to have it, but there are contests that take place all the time more schools than ever have one but not everywhere does and if it wasn't for that the cpr the defibrillator he's gone and even if they got him back later and restored heart function there would have been catastrophic neurological damage i'm i don't know i i guess it's just my the eternal optimist in me which I always am, but never Pollyanna, but I'm an eternal optimist. I mean, here's how I look at it. They started working on him very quickly. There's a belief. Now, I'm I'm not speaking as an expert, but I do want to disclose to you that many, many years ago, I became such a believer in CPR that I became a basic rescuer. Then on top of that, I believed in it so much that I then became an instructor because not only did I want to know it, but I wanted to be certified to teach other people to learn it. So that if you ever came across someone choking, we used to teach shake and shout, look, listen, and feel. And you want to make sure if someone is breathing, I'll give you a couple of quick just pointers. If you come across someone and they are coughing and and you think they're choking, they very well may be. But if they can speak, cough, you let them try to work it out. If you see someone with a universal signal, they have their hand on their throat and nothing's coming out, then the likelihood is that they have a total airway obstruction with no air exchange, and that's when you have to move. You have to move in. And you have to learn. I think all moms, all dads, all grandparents, everybody should know how to handle if someone is choking. And that really is just learning the Heimlich maneuver, which when I taught it was a couple of fingers down below the xiphoid process in in the chest area. And you just go at it. I've done it a couple of times. It's it's always worked. 
I'm not saying it always will work. People do choke to death. But you have a reasonable chance of success if you know how to do a proper abdominal thrust and if you know how to do the Heimlich maneuver and you know how to do back blows. And what's important to note, and I always say this in, when I, well, long ago when I was teaching it, that you may break a rib or two, I mean, you know, and stuff like that, uh, but there's a really good chance that you can save someone's life who otherwise would have choked to death. And, of course, the same holds true if you come across someone and they're not breathing. And you can tell. You can listen. You can see if the chest is rising. You can feel if there's any breath. You, if you have a mirror in a pocketbook or something, you can put the mirror up and you'll see if it fogs. You, you'll know if someone's breathing or not. You can listen for the heartbeat. You can feel for the pulse. And again, I'm not teaching right now. I'm just telling you what we used to do because I'm not an instructor. Uh, it used to be airway breathing, circulation, ABC. Uh, we used to do ventilation. They're not as big on that now. It's now more compression. We did a different pattern of uh, compressions, 15 to 2, 15 compressions, two breaths. Uh, I will tell you this, if it's especially if it's my family, if it's somebody very close to me, uh, I'm always going to ventilate because they're saying that if you do the compressions, that it that it'll keep somebody alive. I want to I want to make sure. So, you know, call me old fashioned, but I I now the reason that, that I was told they stopped the ventilation is people over if you over inflate, you can cause problems too. But if you do it if you do it the way that you should, if you do it the way that you're taught in a basic rescue training program where you can take sometimes the combination of cardiopulmonary resuscitation CPR and also advanced basic life-saving. And these are great skills to learn. You learn basic first aid, how to apply a tourniquet, the, the way to do it, and that you have to take it off every so often because you can't just leave a tourniquet on. You have to do certain things. Uh, or, you know, you could wind up causing other injury to the extremity. But obviously, if someone's going to bleed out, I mean, that's how Jeremy Renner was saved. He was going to bleed out. And fortunately, a doctor was nearby. How lucky is that? So he's meant to be here. He had a 13,300 and some pound vehicle run him over. I finally found out what happened. He got out of it, got out of the vehicle. Not a vehicle. This thing is a machine. Huge. He's up in a big cage at the top. He got out of the thing and he was in front of it and it started to roll. And it it, it ran over him, causing different uh, injuries to his legs, one in particular, and also blunt trauma to the chest. But getting back to it's, it's sort of a um, wide-ranging comment on DeMar Hamlin. The immediate attention that he got was everything. When Jim Carney had an episode, which would have been, well, he had a, a near-death episode. Uh, the immediate attention that he got saved his life. I remember actually talking to him about that, I believe on air, certainly off air. So in the strongest possible terms, I do encourage you to 
learn CPR, learn advanced first aid, because you just never know. I used it once on our oldest child, and it was very simple. I, I was just able to take her and and do a, a quick back blow and a finger sweep, and I was able to pull something out. But, it, you know, for example, a baby, you'd be amazed at this. A baby will die in front of your eyes quietly. They just go silent. I watched it happen. I was looking at the baby, and all of a sudden – Eyes are watering, but not resisting, not flailing, not trying to do anything, just silently choking. So you also, that's where the look, listen, and feel, you look, you observe, you want to know. What is the, you assess, what have you encountered? I was in a, in a, a casino cafeteria minding my own business. And from about, I don't know, 100 feet away, I hear, he's choking. And then like spidey senses, I'm looking, I'm looking. You just be aware of your surroundings, be aware of what's happening. And if you encounter something like that, uh, I don't recommend anyone that doesn't know what they're doing. There are good Samaritan laws, but it's just a really good idea. Uh, it's not that long. I, I, I used to certify people certainly in one day, and it was a long day, but uh, you learned a lot. I did it with security departments, a couple of police departments. I, I wanted to uh, – the one thing I do regret, I wish – all I needed to do was teach two courses a year to keep it going. And I just got to the point where I just I just didn't. I don't want to say I didn't have the time. I didn't make the time. Whatever the answer is, I just didn't continue with it. And I wish I did. But I've never forgotten the skills, although I will tell you that the newer, I wouldn't be able to, I'd have, I'd have to go through it again and then take the, the basic rescuer. Then I would have to, I'm sure, take the, I think they would take some consideration in that I was a basic rescuer and that I was an instructor. But You'd have to do it all over again, and especially in my case because it's changed. Everything has changed. The one-person CPR, two-person CPR, we did certain things. Next time, we will switch, and then you went from compression to ventilation. But they're not big on the ventilation anymore, which I don't, I, I'm, not, I'm not a fan of that. I don't think the compressions are enough. I think that they're, they're integral, but you need both. All right, let's take a quick break. That's my little CPR uh, advanced life-saving lesson for today's program. I am Hurley in the Morning. This is WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Fox News Commentary. Needless to say, our first few days in the Slim House majority haven't been our best and brightest. I'm Tommy Laren. More next. President Trump has announced, and Ron DeSantis is rising fast. Who do you support for 2024? Newsmax wants to know what you think. Vote in the Newsmax poll. Just text the word RESPOND to 39747. That's RESPOND to 39747. It takes just seconds. Text RESPOND to 39747. Let your voice be heard and watch Newsmax today. Texting enrolls for automated text messages. Message and data rates may apply. 
can't even settle on a speaker in a timely manner, this does not bode well for 2024. Republicans, get your heads in the game or we might as well hand this country over to the radical communists and get it over with. McCarthy wasn't my first choice either. Republicans don't exist in a monolith like the Democrats. We don't just ride or die our party off a cliff. But this strategy ain't working. And while some in the party might think they are sending a message to the American people about values over party, the message they're really sending is that Republicans can't get their crap together. We are on the verge of taking the only opportunity we have to show the American people and voters we can make their lives better and letting it trickle down our legs. And again, I say this as someone who doesn't like Kevin McCarthy. I know this is part of the democratic process, but boy, it would have been nice if House Republicans had these conversations two months ago so they didn't waste all this time. I'm Tommy Lahren, and you can watch my show Tommy Lahren is Fearless at Outkick. Set the first button on your car radio for South Jersey's talk station. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Hey, thank you. I just read uh, literally 20 seconds or so before coming back on air a very nice digital comment uh, that someone was writing in real time and thanked me for that monologue, which I didn't know I was going to make. Uh, like, I, like I always tell you, you know what you know, you don't know what you don't know. I've never forgotten things that are important, things that actually could save someone's life. I've wound up using CPR, I think, a total of three times over more than 40 years. I'm trying to remember, but I, I think I can. I believe I became a basic rescuer in January of 1981. And I don't remember. I don't think a lot of time went by. So I'm thinking it's in that same calendar year because I remember taking the course. And I'll never forget, he's passed away. Uh, Arnie Billy was my instructor. And I got to tell you, he was wonderful. I haven't spoken his name in decades, but I never forgot him. And when he taught me to be a basic rescuer, I was 21 years old. And I thought, you know, this is really important. You could you can really help someone with this. I mean, it, it, it it's the kind of intervention that some people that have passed, if someone had been around, and look, I'm not calling anybody names or calling anybody out. In a moment of truth, most people, I don't want to say they choke because it's not fair to say someone's a choker if they don't know what to do. Most people, if someone is choking in a restaurant or in, a, in an employee cafeteria or wherever, most people don't know what to do. And you don't want to just start, you know, fiddling around. If you don't know what to do, you you do what almost everyone in that room will do. And that is watch someone either choke to death and die or somehow work it out themselves. Now, one of my fears was that here I know how to do this. And what if it's me? What if I get, you know, I, I know what happened the one time that I had to use it in a casino setting. Uh, people that get 20 minutes every hour and are wolfing down food and yakking it up and all of a sudden <laughs> aspirate whatever. This particular person aspirated a bunch of roast beef that I don't think was properly chewed and while talking didn't have a chance to 
to chew it down and and wound up swallowing it and and it completed it 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 um it resulted in a total airway obstruction with no air exchange when i got there this person was turning blue and universal signal big person too and ready to go down and it was it was really it was really stuck in their good i mean i was I was very scared, like I wasn't going to be able to get it out. So I just went to work. I, I did abdominal thrusts. I did, I did back blows. I, I, I probed and looked and saw, could I see any of it? Was any of it coming up that I could do a finger sweep and get some of it? You get a little bit out, then maybe you get a little bit of air exchange, and you just keep working. You keep going uh, until you get it out. And that was that was my goal. But it wasn't happening. It seemed like for... Uh, a worrisome amount of time. In in reality, it wasn't much time at all. I would say this person probably had little to no air exchange, and there was a point where there was no air exchange because I, I was there, and the person could not speak, cough, or breathe. And I would say this person probably, from the time I heard, he's choking to getting over there and and getting it done I would say it was probably certainly was under two minutes. And I think it was probably under somewhere between a minute to 90 seconds, something like that. Not not a problem. That was not something that was going to create brain damage or anything like that. It just was a very scary uh, situation for everybody, everybody that was watching, and 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 certainly for the uh, for the gentleman who I believe was a dealer, and um, you don't forget those kinds of things. So then I thought, hey, what about me? What if it's me? Now, if you're unconscious, you you in the hands of anybody that's there that knows or doesn't know or whatever. Uh, but if you're choking and you're all by yourself and it's really important, I'm not going to teach it now, but you should learn. And again, I don't know the modern teachings of this. I know how I taught it, but you can perform basically the Heimlich maneuver on yourself, on the corner of a table, the corner of a chair, something that, that is solid that you can go up against. And again, I, I, I'm not going to say anything that's not current uh, or anything like that, but I'm just urging that not only learn how to perform one and two person CPR, and look, it's very different if it's an adult, if it's a child, if it's an infant, there's different techniques you cannot do to an infant or a small child what you would do to a child or an adult. A child, for example, we used to teach compressions were the heel of one hand. Uh, with with a baby, it was two fingers at a much different pace. We would do one, two, three, four, five, and a breath. One, two, three, four, five, and a breath. And again, they're not teaching ventilations. I think it's a mistake, uh, but they're not. With the with the child with the baby, you covered the nose and the mouth. 
when you would do ventilation with an adult, you would pinch the nose and a, and a bigger child, you would pinch the nose and then you would give the ventilation. And they have these things, you know, because people get concerned about different communicable things. They have pocket airway things that people can carry. And, you know, the the um, the skill set, though, uh, is really amazing. And I know they have that um, life vac thing now that kind of scares me, honestly, because the way that actually removes it, it, it creates suction and it pulls the item up and out. Uh, it seems to be a lifesaver. I've watched it uh, in videos and actually probably in one time I almost had it had it in a cart and it was just I was having some difficulty in actually ordering it. Uh, it wasn't letting me put the credit card information in right and I never got to the finish line. But that is something that, again, I'm not recommending it, but uh, it's something that I will probably – at some point have and they teach you about when to use that that as not a measure of first resort it's more of a measure of last resort that you cannot get it out you can't work through it and uh wow i've seen the um the suction it's a it's a face mask and it forms a really tight seal you push and then you pull and it's unbelievable what I've seen that thing do. 31 minutes past the hour. I've got a lot of content I want to share with you, including my prediction. It's not a full-blown prediction, but a trend that I think I can tell you is about to occur in ballot number seven for Speaker of the House. It's early in the morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. This is the Town Square, New Jersey Info and Weather Network. Yep, it's still me. 32 minutes past the hour. Three stories that you can follow on the WPG Talk Radio 95.5 app. Well, we have a, I think, a very readable piece on um, last night's selection for a new city council president in Atlantic City. You were, of course, ahead of all of it. Uh, We wrote a piece this morning about an Amber Alert. And then it turns out, I find out after I write the article... It's the great-granddaughter of former Vineland Mayor Bob Romano. From the Town Square, New Jersey Info and Weather Network, I'm Chief Meteorologist Dan Zarrow. The cool-down is technically underway, but today's still unseasonably warm. Temperatures running 15 to 20 degrees above normal for early January. I'll give you a high of 60, some lingering fog, especially right along the coast, and mostly cloudy skies. Chance of a rain shower tonight, more fog, low of 44, becoming partly sunny and 51 tomorrow, only 45 Saturday. Get weather 24-7 wherever you are. Download our free mobile app today. Early in the morning, WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM. Hi, it's Mark Levin. Join me this evening at 6. Now back to Harry Hurley on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Hey, thank you. Great one. All right. So the United States House of Representatives will reconvene as they've been doing day after day at 12 noon today. Here's the good news. I think there's going to be movement after six ballots. And I'm not calling any of what happened in these six ballots when they did 20 votes or whatever it was. uh, It might be 19 for 
uh, Jim Jordan, uh, yawn. Uh, this Byron Donalds thing is a joke. Uh, I, I, I don't even, I don't guarantee anything, but I'll just guarantee Byron Donalds is not going to be the Speaker of the House. Uh, Steve Scalise might be. Jim Jordan might be. He doesn't want it, but I think it's there is a reasonable chance that Kevin McCarthy might get there. There's still a lot of work to be done, but. Overnight, while you were sleeping, it looks like they've hammered out an agreement. And don't think some of these outside groups don't matter, like Club for Growth. When you're talking about such small margins here, a group of a few here and a few there. So there appears to be a deal that will move Anywhere between six to ten votes to McCarthy. If you take the gentlelady that's been voting present, if she comes back to McCarthy or she stays not voting for anyone, that just lowers the number. So you you might need, because there's not 435, there's 434. So that didn't change. You still need a majority, so you need 218. But if you take that number to 433... Then you only need 217. So it, it almost doesn't matter what she does right now unless unless they go the route of here's a vote and whoever gets the most votes is the speaker. And you have to make sure that Kevin McCarthy has at least 213 because Hakeem Jeffries is going to have 212 so overnight, there was an agreement. It's going to give um, certain gr- groups that are against McCarthy more committee uh, seats and things that they've that they've been able to work out. And they say, assuming these principles are met, the quote agreement fulfills a major concern. That we have pressed. This is the Club for Growth president, David McIntosh. And I know this is kind of it's it's kind of offensive. You're hearing these outside groups that are actually having such sway. But that's, you know, that's politics. What can you say? Uh, If you knew how it really worked, you'd you'd hate it even more. My brother and I will tell you because we rolled in to our nation's capital for three days Back in, let's see, January of 1995. So this program was about three years, three and a half years old at the time. Very early in our career. And so we met all and we met them all. I mean, hundreds of members of Congress on both sides of the aisle. And we were in the Republican Congressional Dining Room. And there is John Boehner. And I and when I tell you, glassy-eyed, eyes watering, red, stogie in one hand, and a glass of booze in the other, and this guy was blitzed. Blitzed. I will tell you, because I, I saw it with my own eyes, I can't say it's a permanency in in how he handles his adult beverages, 
But he was a happy. He was a happy drinker. You know, there are nasty drinkers, too. John Boehner was very happy. I think if Don Hurley's listening, he would concur with me on that. So I look over at Don and I said, now do you see why they never want to leave? This life was incredible to observe. It was privilege and excess and everything you can imagine. I don't know what it's like now, but I saw what it was like then. I saw it with my own two eyes. He, I got to tell you, he was funny. Funny. He didn't cry because, you know, he's, he cries at the drop of a hat. He didn't cry that day. But he was feeling no pain, and he was very happy. Very happy. So the next vote today for McCarthy, I'll make a prediction. If all goes well, he will have at least 207 votes. And I'll tell you why that's important. I'm saying he'll have at least six. He may have as many as 10. And I, again, I don't know what's happened. I've been going since 2 o'clock this morning. I don't know what's happened in the last couple of hours as I did our final show prep here. Um, but I think he's got six, maybe 10. That would take him to like, if the gentle lady came back, he'd be at 202 plus 6208. He might be at 207, one present. Hakeem Jeffries, 212. Uh, and so then you get to the point where you say, well, okay, well, because before it was 19, then it was 20. So it looks like McCarthy's going backwards, uh, even though I don't consider that much of a difference. He was in my eyes, he was standing still, wasn't making progress, but really wasn't losing. If he picks up six, to 10 then you can say he's nearing what he needs and then what i would do honestly even if you don't get him to 218 get him to 213 know you have it and call the vote it's been done you can do it speakers have been elected just like that on a couple of occasions in the past 246 years so after six ballots with no movement, I am telling you today, unless something falls apart or don't think it's not possible, double crossers, tell you one thing and do another. I could tell you a local example about that. And you, get, you just have to it, – it's, it's just like anything in life. You gauge it by the caliber, the quality of the individual or the individuals if you want to be plural about it. And if people give you their word – People listening right now, how many times in your life has someone told you they would do something, either vote for you or do this or do that, and then they double cross you? So that's always possible. But I think they did meet, make a deal. The next vote should show movement in McCarthy's favor, and he will be much closer to what he needs. Remember, they couldn't even adjourn. People are saying, hey, why are they um, – why do they keep having these stupid votes and and they're getting people upset. It's the same thing. You know, it's like it's it's kind of Groundhog Day in reverse, though, because Bill Murray eventually didn't step in the puddle anymore. He got better. He was nicer to Andy McDowell. He did the ice sculptures. He had the snowball fight. 
instead of mailing it in, he did a nice Punxsutawney Phil report, showed some heart. So actually, it's not Groundhog Day because Groundhog Day isn't necessarily the same thing every day. Every day starts the same, but it's what you make of it. And Bill Murray was always getting better. In fact, he talked about CPR. Uh, Bill Murray's brother, Brian Doyle Murray, uh, choking on a big wad of of meat. And uh, along comes Bill Murray, his brother, real brother in real life, and performs the Heimlich. And he saves the mayor. CPR. The old expression, I know CPR may help. And then you move in. So after six ballots of no movement, I am forecasting when you have no movement at all, I'm going to call it significant movement. That perhaps as many as 10 votes of these 20 holdouts may go McCarthy's way today. Then more pressure will be brought to bear because then you're getting really close. If you've got McCarthy at... 211 or you know 208 to 212 uh you're getting very very close brief time out we'll be back in just a few minutes don't go away this is early in the morning wpg talk radio 95.5 and on the wpg talk radio app markley van camp and robbins this afternoon at one now, Harry Hurley on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. We are back at 46 minutes past the hour. Thanks for waking up early in the morning. Appreciate that very much. Can't do it without you. Uh, oh, uh, let me tell you some of the names that might switch over. Uh, and, you know, Chip Roy, who we've interviewed, uh, I like him. I don't like any of this stuff that's been going on, but I like him. Uh, he has been the one nominating Byron Donald's. The last couple of ballots and Byron Donald's, uh, I, I think he's only a sophomore or something. Uh, he shouldn't have played this the way that he did. I think he's going to get whipsawed really bad out of this. I'm not saying any retaliation or anything like that, but if McCarthy wins it on the seventh ballot, I don't think he will. But if he if he wins it soon, I just think that Byron Donald's played that very wrong. You know, Jim Jordan got nominated. He didn't vote for himself. He doesn't want it. And that all went down when Matt Gates uh, uh, nominated Jim Jordan. But Byron Donalds voted for himself. Uh, somebody should have talked to him. He, he didn't. Uh, I don't think he thought that through correctly. But Dan Bishop of North Carolina, Mary Miller of Illinois, Chip Roy of Texas, Luna of Florida, I don't know if it's Ogles or O-G-L-E-S of Tennessee, Breachin of Oklahoma. They all could come. That's six. They all should be with McCarthy if the deal with Club for Growth that they that they reached last night um, goes the way that it seems like it's going to go. But if you see it's the same 20 all over again, then guess what? This, then just, you know, rinse and repeat that everything I said, uh, none of it mattered and none of it happened. McCarthy also sees a path to the speakership with fewer than 218 votes. So if you're sitting at 202, 
you need 11 more. That's one way to look at it. Then it's in the bag. Democrats have 212. So really all that you need is 213. They can get there. Don't forget. And this is important to mention. There were there were this number of people basically opposed to Nancy Pelosi in 2021. She won the speaker's position with 216 votes, not with 218 votes. Don't let any of these liars tell you, oh, this is unprecedented. Look at this maneuver and it's less than 218. Let them lie. Let them lie. It'd be nice. I'd I'd like to see him get 218, but it's not necessary. You just need one more than 212 and you win. Let me bring up something, and I I have a a good amount of time to, to do a quality job on this because I think it's important. Somebody close to me pointed this out, but I'm going to go further than than our initial conversation because I once I pick up on something, uh, then I start to notice other things. So there was this um, incident. I forget which state. Forgive me. I don't know why I want to say Colorado, but I could be wrong. Uh, I don't I don't remember where it was, but not only did a car drive off a cliff. And miraculously, I mean, fell a couple hundred feet, 250, I think 250 feet, and everybody survived. That is, you know, if you don't believe in God, that's amazing. So this isn't just that a car goes off the cliff. All the headlines are Tesla, 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 all throughout the article, too. So you you know what that's about. Ever since Elon Musk, this man could do no wrong, no matter how zany he was, no matter what was going on. He could do no wrong working directly with the federal government on top secret stuff, space, you name it. And of course, with the electric car nirvana that Biden and the socialists want, socialist Democrats want, he's such a key to that. Now he finds himself... Uh, I don't have time to really get into this in any detail, but Tesla is not being considered by the federal government uh, as an electric car uh, for certain things that would be beneficial to be recognized. So they're being retaliated against. Make no mistake about it. And if that binder reader, that's all I'm going to call her. She's a joke. That stupid binder reader would have some zany, crazy answer for why what you know is happening isn't happening. Ugh, just it's, it's disgusting, sickening. But just if you haven't picked up on it, just note that anytime you would ever have a big headline, wouldn't be Tesla drives off the cliff, car drives off the cliff, man drives wife and children off the cliff. Tesla drives off the cliff because you're trying to ruin him. Headlines. Musk becomes the first man in the history of the world to lose $200 billion. They are trying to destroy him because that's how they work. What he's done is so is such a threat. I mean, think about it. Look at all these things that have come out. 
Now there are more coming out about Fauci and all these unholy things. Adam Schiff asking uh, Twitter to uh, to deplatform. And he put people by name. It showed all these occasions where the FBI, the Biden government, Democrat officials in coordination with Twitter. Now, I'm telling you right now, and I've known it for a long time. I know I'm ramped down on Facebook. I know it. I can't prove it, but I certainly believe it. And that's what they do. They, if I swear, if I was a raving, lunatic, Second Amendment hating, uh, you name it, baby killer Democrat, I would be able to be seen by so many more eyeballs. And it's just the way that it is. Uh, I know it. If anybody thinks it was just Twitter doing it and that the same exact people weren't doing the same exact things. Well, think about it. Why would they stop at just Twitter? We Again, we can't prove what we can't prove, but we certainly have, at least for the moment, until they take it away, we have free thought, free will. Why wouldn't it stand to reason that they went after Facebook the same way and Instagram and everything? It, it wasn't just Twitter. Trump mastered social media it made a huge impact and i said it at the time i said it in real time and now i've heard people actually make that comment now that it's proven i said they will never allow that to happen again they'll deplatform they'll ghost you they'll uh, do what's called ramp you down limit who can see your stuff it's so obvious and it can't, it can't be just Twitter. Twitter, we, we have proof that they did it. You know, it, I mean, there's certain things even before you can prove it. Just absolutely stand to reason, appear logical because they are. That they were paying money to Facebook, that they were meeting with Facebook, that they were targeting people to be deplatformed and otherwise negatively impacted on on the uh, on the platform and you know it's happening. I know it's happening. There's absolutely no doubt in my mind. Now maybe if the Republicans can choose their their speaker because keep in mind they're not even sworn in. You realize there's not a single member of of the House of Representatives right now they are member elect. Until there's a speaker, they're not even sworn in. Until there's a speaker, they can't uh, take their subpoena power. Until there's a speaker, they don't have their committees and their committee chair persons. So when they get that done, then they can call people like Zuckerberg and these other people and put them under oath. And then ask them, have you deplatformed people? Have you gone after conservatives have you gone after this and let's see what they say with threat of going to jail they can they can subpoena documents then it would be up to the um the social media company to decide if they want to destroy documents or if they want to produce them 
I don't think we're ever going to get anything like what we've gotten with Elon Musk because he took ownership. Now, remember, when he did the first tranche of um, reveals, you had that character from the FBI, Baker, messing with that. So they didn't come out. I remember saying, and I, I didn't have anything to base it on. I said, you know, I said, this almost looks like it was sanitized. Like somebody got at this before it got released because we we just expected more. Then even Musk got on it and other people. And so they said, hey, who 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 did this? And they said, this guy. And they said, what's this guy's name? Baker. Who's Baker? Then they get his first name. And then they figure it all out. And then he's fired. To quote, um, who was it? Uh, Mr. Spacely on the Jetsons. You're fired. Baker got fired. And then all of a sudden, the truth started to flow. And so you know that they actually, it's amazing, even in the reveal, the first reveal of all the things that went on that were wrong, even that had somebody manipulating it. And you can imagine, even though he fired so many people, more than half the company, there are still ghouls all over the place. You know that. When you learned about the life that they had and, oh, my God, did they have it good. Wasn't even wasn't even like the real world, the way that they lived. It was so um, it was so woke, so wrong. But they had total control of message. And you could write all day until your fingers turn blue. And they can make it that nobody sees your stuff. And then, of course, the antithesis of it, they will make famous. They make truth a lie, lie a truth, and this is what they do. All right, here's what I know. And it's always a favorite part of the program for me. Wide Open Forum begins right now, after the break, 609-407-1450. We have John Zarek at 8. And I think we have someone at nine, but I'm going to confirm it. They texted me a little while ago, and I haven't been able to answer because I've been live here with you. I can only if you if you text me, I, it's very hard. I have to text you during breaks. It's just I can't keep my thought and be doing that at the same time. I look at it. So I think I know what we're doing in the nine o'clock hour, but I'll get back to you on that. 609-407-1450. Uh, we're a universe of one. No one does what we do together. We are. Early in the morning. We continue. WPGG Atlantic City. WENJHD3 Millville. A town square media station. Everything you need to know in six minutes starts now. From Harry Hurley Way in the world's playground... 
to the broadcast pioneers of Philadelphia Hall of Fame. I want to congratulate my friend, Harry Hurley. You're about to find out why Harry Hurley has been named to the Talkers Magazine list of the 100 most important talk show hosts in the nation. Live from the studios of Town Square Media in Northfield, it's Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Hey, thank you. It's seven minutes past the hour. I'm sorry, it's five minutes past the hour, meaning of seven. Here is what we're doing, uh, and it's it's one of those audibles. I called, like, um, what did Peyton Manning used to do? Uh, Omaha. 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 Uh, because a guest that I wanted to interview at 9 is unavoidably detained at 9, but is available this hour. So what did we think of? It didn't require great thought or, or even genius. We thought, all right. And so if you were expecting open forum because I said that, I apologize, but I made the switch after we went to the break because this is timely. I think it's very important. We wrote about it in real time last night. And I'll tell you what I love about the digital platform of WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Within literally 60 to 120 seconds, and I think this next guest uh, can back me up on this because he was at the meeting I was not. I, I have to tell you, um, I'm a big fan of a number of the council members, not all, uh, and of course of George and and John Devlin, who's going to join us in just a moment. Big fan of John's, uh, but I can't take I can't take too much of that Atlantic City stuff. They're just some of them are so dysfunctional. It's just it's impossible for a rational, normal, sane person to really want to have anything to do with it. And that's where my coverage comes in because you don't have to worry about it. You don't have to go to the meeting. You you don't have to waste time in your life. Uh, you can get anything that's important in real time with the work that we do. We were able to, within a minute or two of the new council president being selected uh, and other comments that, that we made uh, in the piece, we were able to report John Devlin will back me up on this because I know he saw the report uh, within a minute of it being filed because we exchanged briefly uh, back and forth a text message last night live from the meeting. He was there. I was not. But I did watch. What I'm getting at is I was on the Zoom uh, chat and I watched until the selection was made. See, we knew we knew what was going to happen if you listen to yesterday's program. So. How did I get a five or six, seven hundred word story printed with four or more photographs, headline, keywords, the whole thing formatted uh, for publication and have it published with a minute or two, within a minute or two of the actual event? And that is because I knew what was going to happen in advance and I wrote the article in advance had it formatted, had it written, published, done, ready to go, boom. When the, when the fifth vote for Sporty Randolph was cast, bang. We even had the names. We knew how they were going to vote. And, it, and we said yesterday this was going to be within one vote, and it was. You had um, Bruce Weeks, who was a, an elegant, civilized man, would have been a great choice if George didn't want to continue. And George wanted Bruce Weeks to be the council president. So at the meeting, beyond 
the selection of the council president. See, George thought I, I even trumped uh, the council president. He thought that there was going to be open forum for or public session, they call it. I said, oh, no, 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 they're not going to do that. I said, this is this game's rigged, man. They're picking the council president. Then later, there'll be some uh, public session. They're not going to do that before. Because I also knew. But I waited until this morning in a separate article that is now already published to report on the allegation that one of the members of Atlantic City Council, it is alleged, does not live in Atlantic City. Now, what this guy doesn't understand is that for more than six weeks, he has been under surveillance. And there are people who believe, and I will say for the record, not under surveillance by me, but I've been privy to the fact that he was under surveillance. And there are respected people. I've interviewed several of them, including John Devlin, who believe that he does not live in Atlantic City, that he lives in Egg Harbor Township. So during public session, and incidentally, there's something I do believe that I don't have time to do it or I would do it for you. Somebody needs to file. I think it should be criminal charges against the whole small gang, the whole bunch of them, because what's been happening and Council President Tibbet told me about this key parts of council meetings. The audio is suspiciously not working, which means if you're watching it on the Zoom, you don't get to hear it. And then archival wise, when you go, um, if you want to play it back, it doesn't play because the audio is not there. And it always seems to be at a critical time when the small administration or somebody that they're aligned with that something is coming up that they don't want the public to hear about. Now, look, it could, this could be just spectacular, um, supernatural coincidences. And it just technology isn't perfect. And no, sorry, it, you, it works for most of it. I mean, but just we just missed this part. Evidently, and I didn't know this until this morning. Evidently, the audio failed during John Devlin's presentation last night. And he's going to join us now. However, uh, we have what he had to say. So you don't have to worry about anything they either uh, mysteriously uh, inadvertently delete or have technical problems with the audio. It's amazing. I, I was on the uh, the Zoom chat from about eight minutes before the meeting began. I actually heard Aaron Sporty Randolph, I think it was him, say that he doesn't answer too many text messages. These people don't even know they're on mic. They're so stupid. Uh, I think it was him. I know his voice. If it wasn't him, it was it was some responsible official from Atlantic City. I couldn't see him, but I heard it. And I'm pretty good with voices, as you know. I do it for a living. I, I usually hear one word and I know who someone is. So I think it was Sporty. He said it wasn't a it was kind of benign, but he, he was thanking somebody for their text. And then he went on to say, I don't answer very many text messages, but I answered yours. I, I mean, I heard it. I think it was him. It was somebody. I know the words I heard, and I think it was him. So I was there from then until the split second that Sporty got the fifth vote, and then I, bam, I, I disconnected, 
and I filed my story. I hit the publish button. That's all I had to do. It was done. I didn't have to change a single word. I even knew that Kaleem Shabazz was going to um, nominate. I got to give Kaleem a solid because one of the last things I said to someone who shall remain nameless is make sure you make your nomination first because it might not get to the second one. And it didn't. You got to give Kaleem credit. He's a veteran. uh, And I like Kaleem. I think he's, you know, I kind of think he's a double agent, but I like him. You know, it's just the way I am. If I like someone, I like them. I I think he's a good guy and I think he's with the wrong people uh, now and and on occasion. But uh, he did it right last night. We are going to take nominations for council president. And it was very, very well done. The person mixed up and said the wrong name, but that's just easy to do. Uh, but very well explained that the first one that's nominated will be voted on first, which I knew. And that's why you have to be the first one. I did it a long, long time ago. I thought we needed a change. And I nominated somebody for board president in Ventnor. I didn't talk to anybody about it. I just knew that the atmosphere it would be like, OK, this must be what we're doing. And I nominated Tiny Wilson for board president. It was nothing against the person who was in office. Uh, I just thought we needed a new president and I knew she'd be great. And she was. And I just knew I was going to get a second. Then I knew the vote was going to be called and I knew she was going to win. And before anybody knew what hit them, bam. So I've been there. I did what Kaleem did. Kaleem, if you're listening You get the political play of the week. He didn't let, I mean, a fraction of a second. I got to tell you something. You think that's easy, but you got to be fast. You got to be firm and you've got to be you got to be paying such attention that the split second it's time you pounce. And he did. And then I got to be honest with you. Then it's over. Then Bruce Weeks gets nominated, but he doesn't even get his vote heard. So that sets the stage when we come back, because evidently anybody that wasn't at the meeting physically either missed all or some of what John Devlin had to say last night. But I didn't because I made it my business to interview John and get his comments so you can read them. And you can listen to John next when we come back in just a few minutes. It's early in the morning. The truth in broadcasting on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Here's Sean Hannity. Turn up your radio. Here's the Sean Hannity Morning Minute. The ability for Republicans to lay out a different vision for the country, that's desperately needed, too. The weird thing is, is that pretty much all of the 222 House Republicans They all agree on the agenda items. I don't know any that disagree. I don't know that there's a a Mitt Romney in the ranks of House Republicans that would vote against the party on any issue from border safety and security uh, to woke schools uh, to no bail laws, defunding the police. They're all against that. Anyone that would be against energy independence, they're all on the same page when it comes to that. It's a matter of, you know, who's going to run the predetermined agenda. And that's why it's such a waste of time. Check out the Sean Hannity Radio Show later today, right here.
My friend had his home stolen. The crime is home title theft. It's real. It's horrendous, but it's real and it's everywhere. Now, luckily, this was just the demo, but I saw how criminals all around the world target American homeowners, and that's why I protect my home with home title lock, and you need to as well. And a thief can simply forge your signature on a legal document claiming you sold your home to them. Homeowners insurance and common identity theft programs do not protect you, but home title lock does. So protect yourself. Just go to their website. It's hometitlelock.com slash Sean, S-E-A-N. Verify your home's title is still safely in your name. Then just register your address for a free, no obligation home title report for your files. That is a $100 value, absolutely free. That's hometitlelock.com slash Sean, hometitlelock.com slash Sean, S-E-A-N. Download every Hurley in the Morning program as a podcast on the WPG Talk Radio app. Harry Hurley on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Okay, we had the opportunity to share a little preamble. Now we will visit with Atlantic City Board of Education member, longtime Atlantic City Board of Education president, John Devlin, uh, also uh, former media past member of the Atlantic City Municipal Utilities Authority, where he was the chairman of the board and unjustly. And Councilman Tibbet has admitted that what a mistake that was unjustly was removed from his position. You're going to see how costly that's going to become for the taxpayers of Atlantic City. It's it's outrageous what they did there. And he also knows of the time and we write about it in the article uh, on our website and on the app. Please check it out. It's 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 an important article because this is so typical Atlantic City where when it was the Board of Education and they did not want someone to vote, they hired investigators. And I mean, it was the end of the world. It was the Brinks job. Uh, No stone could be left unturned to prove that this member did not live in Atlantic City. Now, I will tell you, it's really easy to prove whether Councilman Zia uh, lives in Atlantic City and his name is Mohammed uh, Zia, his middle name... uh, Aniam or something like that, A-N-I-U-M, I believe, Mohammed Aniam Zia, his residency is being called in question. It really would be very easy to to prove he either lives in Atlantic City or he lives somewhere else. There's no rocket science here. I remember, and I remember covering it uh, because the vote would have made John Devlin continue as the president of the board uh, but, oh, no, 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 the solicitor knocked him out. He's sitting right up there on the dais, but not allowed to vote. How, now, I, I said to a few friends last night, the guy has to be able to vote. He's sitting up there. He's not removed. He's a member. He's he's allowed to vote. You can challenge that vote. And if he's deemed that he was not a resident and therefore ineligible, then then the, the vote is thrown out and it's redone. Of course, understand, though. Uh, the state right now is giving the small gang everything that they want. So when they wanted a board member to not be able to vote, that board member was not able to vote. If they want this guy to be able to vote until the cows come home, he's going to be able to vote. You have to understand that that is the corrupt game that's being played right now. John Devlin, is that about right? 
And I want to thank you, Harry, for uh, immediately breaking uh, news last night. I've never seen a, any kind of a media source break a story so accurate and quickly as you did last night. Really surprised me. Well, uh, never be surprised where we're concerned. But you knew in advance. I mean, we knew what was happening. So it really was merely me writing it. I spent quality time with it. And then the second the vote went down exactly as we already had it written, I just had to hit the publish button. So it was it was a lot of fun to be able to break something literally seconds after it took place. But how I mean, I don't want to use the word frustrating because that almost means they win. But I'm just going to say it. How frustrating is it for you that you watched a sitting board member ordered that they can't vote and then you think that here's a guy that doesn't live uh, in Atlantic City, in your opinion, and that is to be determined. Many people's opinion, I'll be honest with you, uh, this is sort of an open secret uh, that many people have told me that they don't believe. I mean, I know for six and a half weeks he's been he's been surveilled. And according to my sources, uh, every single night he winds up in Egg Harbor Township, not in Atlantic City. Uh, so anyhow, uh, but the board, the board of education member ordered not to vote, even though the gentleman was sitting right there on the dais. This person, of course, can vote. Is that a little bit frustrating to watch? It's it's not frustrating to me. I think it's egregious and it's it's criminal. Uh, you know, councilman Zia take the hefty pay um, to sit up there and make votes on millions and millions of dollars of contracts, and hundreds of jobs. Titles, uh, promotions, demotions, terminations. I think I referenced myself. So, uh, you know, what he's doing up there is liable on the bill, uh, city council and it's liable on the city of Atlantic City. Every vote he takes, Harry, and, you know, you broke the uh, news on yours. He's been surveilled for six weeks. Okay, so it's not my opinion. It's not Harry Hurley's opinion. It's fact. He does not live in Atlantic City. His children didn't go to Atlantic City schools. He went there. They went to Harbor Township schools. And I don't want to you know, give it too much of the discovery that was uh, that was that will be presented very shortly. But he does not live in Atlantic City. He has a uh, a friend, a female friend that he stays with here in Atlantic City. And um, unfortunately, you know, our our sitting government does nothing about it. And that's what I was referencing, referencing last night, that, you know, you had a Board of Education member, which, by the way, takes zero money. He, there was some rumors that he didn't live in the city. And you would think, Harry, and you covered it on your show and on your uh, Facebook page and on your stories. There was a biblical investigation against this gentleman. There was private investigators hired by Marty Smalls running around this town, investigating all board members, chasing us around the heights, chasing us around the town. And they find a niche with this guy, um, and they put the screws to him. Uh, our solicitor, Riley and Riley, they petitioned the court. We had a four or five emergency meetings. I've never to this day, 20 years on that board, seen an investigation go like that that quickly. Now you have Tarver sleep behind the wheel here, city council, doing nothing. It's not a rumor. It's a fact. This clown doesn't live in Atlantic City. He votes on all these big million-dollar deals, resolutions. And you know why nobody says anything, Harry? Because he they need that vote. Just like last night, they needed his vote. So nobody wants to you know, put any pressure on... You know, poor Mr. Zia, and he's, you know, they, he, by the way, 
He's also a rubber stamp for Marty. Anything that this mayor puts in front of him, I don't care if he was giving up his firstborn, he's putting a rubber stamp on there because, you know, his, his boss, the mayor of Atlantic City, tells him what to do. And I think it was referenced last night by Craig Calloway that Mike Suleiman is also dingle, uh, dangling the, uh, the party line over his head if he doesn't do what he's told to do. Now, this is absolutely criminal. It's never happened in the history of Atlantic City. And here it's playing out in front of all of us, and everybody's quiet. Well, I'll tell you what. Very shortly, when this report's dropped, nobody's going to be quiet. Everybody's going to have an opinion. And when they are put under the spotlight and they're deposed, we'll see who's telling the truth then. We are visiting with John Devlin, who's going to stay with us for the rest of the hour. We're going to come right back after the break. Uh, I've had the privilege to tell you over the um, uh, past couple of days, I've known about it for a number of weeks, but it was not something that we could reveal until the, uh, the brand new year, this incredible deal that if you need a new heating system and air conditioning system, I mean, this is phenomenal. If you need it, you can turn with confidence to ambient comfort heating and cooling professionals. They have an industry-leading program to help you replace your old furnace and air conditioning system. Get ready for less than $100 a month. That's right. Replace both your heating and air conditioning systems for one absolutely affordable price. And the timing couldn't be better. Because heating costs, of course, are higher than they've ever been. And it's forecasted that energy costs are going to be going up in 2023, sadly, to report. As your systems age, they become less efficient, costing you more to operate. So I can't remember. It was George Tibbet. Tibbet said, you know, that's a great deal. He says, I don't want to comment. But he goes, that's a great deal because with the energy efficient system, you're going to save a certain amount each month. And you can treat that towards your payment. I honestly, I can't say this for sure, but I think the savings could be more than half your payment, maybe more. It all depends on how inefficient your current system is. Doesn't matter who installed your previous system for less than $100 a month. Call in Ambient Comfort Heating and Cooling Professionals when comfort matters. Visit AmbientComfortNJ.com. Certain restrictions apply. Call for details, 609 568-0955. That's 609-568-0955. That's a dedicated Harry Hurley phone number. So they're going to know. But still tell them that I sent you. Hurley in the morning. Back with John right after this. John Devlin. This is the Town Square, New Jersey Info and Weather Network. And it is Harry Hurley with three... 300, 3,000 stories that you can follow right now on the WPG Talk Radio 95.5 app. We covered first the um, the vote of Atlantic City Council last night for a new Atlantic City Council president. Read all about that. We have followed up with the story that one of the members, Councilman Zia's residency in Atlantic City, is being called into question. And we have a whole bunch more at WPGTalkRadio.com and the WPG Talk Radio 95.5 app. Tom. 
From the Townsport, New Jersey Info and Weather Network, I'm Chief Meteorologist Dan Zarrow. Our slow cooldown is happening even slower than expected, so I've actually bumped up our high temperature forecast for today. We're in the 50s now. I'll give you a high of 60 this afternoon with some lingering fog right along the coast and mostly cloudy skies. A rain shower may come to visit tonight with fog again, low 44. Partly sunny, 51 tomorrow, 40s this weekend. Get weather 24-7 wherever you are. Download our free mobile app. Early in the morning, WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. For complete contest rules, visit WPGTalkRadio.com. It is 33 minutes past the hour. Visiting with John Devlin. Uh, If you missed it, uh, Cliff Notes, uh, John Devlin appeared before Atlantic City Council last night in the public session portion of the meeting. This was after uh, council had voted five to four to pick Aaron Sporty Randolph, the first ward councilman uh, who has been on city council since 2010. Uh, He was initially appointed to the seat. And then within that same year, he was elected and he has since won three consecutive elections as the first ward councilman. He was voted five to four last night to succeed Council President Tibbet, who after three terms uh, voluntarily made a decision in advance that he would not be seeking a fourth term. It was Council President Tibbet's uh, desire that that Councilman at large Bruce Weeks be the next council president. And Bruce Weeks did have four votes waiting, but they never got a chance to be heard because on the first ballot, uh, Kaleem Shabazz made a very quick nomination of Sporty Randolph. And it carried five to four. Uh, What's been called into question, it's why maybe it would have been nice to have the public portion prior to the vote because this would have come out and there would have been a challenge made of Councilman Zia even being able to sit on that dais, let alone vote and be the deciding vote on who would be the next council president. Uh, The other thing I want to bring up about John Devlin's presentation last night is that I have been told this morning that the audio did not go out over the the Zoom uh, technology the way that the audio seemed to be working the whole time I was listening to it. And I didn't I didn't listen to John because I was busy doing my own work, filing my article, and then I knew I was interviewing John. So I didn't need to watch the meeting waiting uh, for people to um, to take to the dais. But John, is that true? The audio, you wouldn't know uh, unless you heard later yourself, but I'm asking you, did the audio fail while you were speaking? That's exactly right, Harry. Once again, it was, uh, there's certain parts of my speech uh, that were muted out. And and I alluded to that during my speech to uh, city council last night, because I utilized that app because, um, you know, we can't all make it to those meetings, but we want to stay informed what's going on up there. And it seems as though there's certain parts they don't want the rest of the public to hear. They're the parts that get muted out. And I did get a few phone calls just like you did uh, last night saying that <clears throat> certain parts of my interview were muted out, So, which is very disturbing, Harry, because, uh, you know, it feels like the fix is in. And um, <clears throat> that's not how Atlantic City should be conducting business. You know, it's the Marty Small show. And, you know, he controls, uh, you know, just about everybody up there. Now, you know, I'm suspicious if he controls the IT director, 
which is, uh, once again, kind of a scary thought. But I wanted to allude a little bit more, uh, if I could, about last night. Yeah, please. Um, yeah, we, you have, uh, Harry, you, you know, and you covered it very closely, <clears throat> my removal from the ACMUA, the frivolous kangaroo court they put together. They put that together so quickly it would have made your head spin. I don't think that ass clown of a, uh, a solicitor, Tarver, ever worked so hard in his, his minimal life. He put that thing together with, with in a blink of an eye. Nobody, all the lawyers that I spoke of, never seen, never heard anything like that. And, you know, in collaboration with Marty Small and his band of crooks, uh, they were able to remove me temporarily right now prior to my uh, my lawsuit. But here's a, here's an ass clown, Tarver, who knows this. Everybody knows this guy doesn't part, uh, via, via doesn't live in Atlantic City. And what do they do? They do nothing. Uh-oh, I'm going to be accused of shutting down uh, Devlin's audio. John, we cannot hear you at the moment. <laughs> oh, my God. You can't make this up. John, I'm going to put you back. If you can hear me, call me right back. Uh, you can't make that up. That Now it's going to be Harry. Harry suppressed John Devlin's audio. But look, when I couldn't hear him anymore, I immediately stopped it and because he's still talking, probably thinks he's connected. And hopefully he could hear me say to call right back. And um, but the timing of that is fantastic. You can't you literally can't. I, I always say truth is stranger than fiction. You can't make up that we're talking about the fact that he couldn't be heard last night. And then during our presentation, John couldn't be heard. Oh, my gosh. I can't. I can't. I always tell you, don't try this at home. All right, John has not called right back, so let me just take the couple of minutes that we're going to need to take a few minutes from now. Anyhow, we'll go to break, and hopefully we'll have John back uh, with working phone lines coming right up. As always, don't try this at home. We only make it this difficult. We are early in the morning. If you love South Jersey's talk station, then the WPG Talk Radio app is a must-have on your phone. Listen to all your favorite talk shows around the clock and instantly call them with just the tap of your finger. Text the WPG Talk Radio studio. Send us your pictures and videos of breaking news and more. It's the WPG Talk Radio app, a free download from South Jersey's talk station. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Hey, Sean Hannity here. Join me today at 3, but now back to Hurley in the Morning right here on WPG. Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM, South Jersey's talk station. All right, with no time to spare, I just texted John. Uh, I was obviously busy doing live reads, and I I really couldn't uh, figure out what happened here. I'm thinking it may be John's phone uh, because really on a cell phone anymore, you you really don't get a busy signal. You you would get um, maybe a ring with a beep. And not everyone's rings with a beep, which means you're on the phone and um, then, you know, when you hear that beep, you either hang up, you know, or leave a message and then, you know, the person's going to back to you. But, John, your phone rang busy when I called you back. But John is here. I was able right as Sean Hannity was throwing back the program to us. I was able to to text John and say, calls back that you got disconnected. Then even some of what Sean was saying wound up coming on to the text because i did it through uh 
the dictation. But anyhow, no, now John's gone again. I, I guess either he is having a problem or we're having a problem. I'm just going to text him again, call back again. I hope that's not a problem because we want to hear from John and then we want to hear from John Zarek in the 8 o'clock hour. Uh, and 9 o'clock hour is open forum because we were going to have open forum in the 7 o'clock hour. So maybe maybe we have a problem. All right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to test this myself. Maybe it's on our end. All right, let's see. We got him. Hey, John, can you hear me? Hey, sorry, Harry. Yeah, I'm not sure if it was your end or my end. Yeah, I'm not going to blame anybody. It, it seems like maybe it's it's even on our end. But even when I called you back, I got a busy signal. Anyhow, John, you're here, but a lot of what you probably were saying, because uh, you, you probably thought we were still connected, we couldn't hear. So I don't yeah. know exactly where we left off. The last thing you remember saying that I know got over the air, I'm not, I'm not, you know, ready to say. So start again relative to where you were about the meeting and i think you can you can start back up where you were uh on your own yeah yeah no what i was alluding to was um you know obviously there was an allegation and only an allegation harry and and some scuttlebutt the board member uh on the acboe the board of education did not have residency in atlantic city well you would think somebody got murdered there were private investigators running around town, investigate me as well, employed by Mayor Marty Smalls, because you know, no truth be told, he's got a lot of vested interests on the ACBOE, and I don't have to remind you of that. Um, the, our well, I mean, it's, I think it's fair to say, John, they had a plan. The plan was that Laquetta Small would become the superintendent of public schools. If Marty could be successful, I, I would say they, you know, both were were probably uh, equally involved. But the, the deal would be get as many small board members as you can on that board of education. And she becomes the superintendent. I, I, I remind our listeners that which I learned from John Devlin, and that is that the board spent a lot of money. I don't remember if it was 50000 or or 100000 You'll know which it was for a nationwide search. Whoever does this, to quote Jack Cittarelli, who does that? They kiboshed the nationwide search after spending that kind of dough uh, and then picked the, the mayor's wife to be the superintendent who had never even been an assistant superintendent. I mean, it's it's th- this all is so bad at so many levels that it's hard to believe that that and, and that the state is allowing all of this to go down. By the way, a little history lesson. How much? And you were board president then, I believe. How much did the board spend? The taxpayers of Atlantic City spend on a nationwide search that the Smalls got short circuited. Well, initially, Harry, and it was initial contract was twenty five thousand, and we definitely exceeded that because we did it more than once. But the initial was twenty five thousand. We put it out for RFP. I was chairman of the board then, so. You know, everything I do is in front of, uh, you know, we put off RFP. But we also interviewed dozens of candidates legitimately with an independent investigator and did their backgrounds just to have the rug pulled out. Forget about the money. How about the professionals we brought in from all over the country that took their time, spent their money to get here? Some of the nights was snowing and everything. To just be told, uh, yeah, we're, we're not doing that. Not, hey, you are qualified. No, 
it was you know the board went against it. No, they just pulled the rug out from underneath these piece, these folks, and that wasn't fair. But you know, we spent a ton of money. Um, I didn't even get the legal uh, bill for that yet, but you know, you know, tens and tens and tens of thousands of dollars, like you said, wasted because they had another candidate in mind. Which you know, again, you know, that's still going on, but. <clears throat> You know, the point is, that, and, and let's not talk about the money they used to, and by the way, this board member from AC, I, I'll save his name, but he was never thrown off the board. Matter of fact, the judge says you couldn't even, he, there wasn't enough evidence against him to allow him not to vote. But he, you know, the Board of Education used all their resources. He had to represent himself, which, by the way, is very expensive these days. You know what lawyers cost. And, he, you know, to him, because we're not making any money. He thought it was his best idea just to resign. You know what? I want to I want to challenge that for a second. Not you, but why wouldn't why wouldn't he, as a board member, be entitled to representation? Now, obviously, they were against him. I mean, they were they were trying. Your board solicitor was mightily efforting to get him out to to make his vote not count, which they succeeded in doing. Why wasn't there ever? Um, uh, some kind of making this man whole that that decision, his vote should have counted. They should have redone that vote, but they, they seem to always get what they want. If they want you to be able to vote, you get to vote. If they don't want you to be able to vote because the math isn't there for them, they change the math and then you can't vote. So if this stands, this means they get it both ways, no matter what is is in their best interest. You voting, you get to vote. If it's in their best interest, you can't vote, then you can't vote. And they got to be laughing. They have to be laughing at the entire system that they are getting away with gaming the whole deal the way that they are. It's remarkable, actually, what's unfolding. It, it's not remarkable. It's disgraceful, Harry. I mean, it, it's amazing how they get away with it so long, but it's disgraceful um, to allow these kind of things happen. And, you know, uh, it's been going on for a long time. You, you alluded to the fact that, um, you know, this gentleman didn't get any representation. I guarantee you this, when that investigation submitted, you know this Zia guy will have the best attorney provided to him uh, from the Marty administration, guaranteed, because, you know, He's their holy grail. He's their swing vote. They're going to protect their their interest. They have vested interest in him. So you know they're going to come out and protect their vested interest. So we'll see. You know, at, at the end of the day, he was exposed last night, and he didn't say one word. You know why? He knows he doesn't live in Atlantic City. His children do go to Atlantic City schools. He owns a house in the township. By, by the way, let's just say hypothetically, because I always believe in the presumption of innocence. But hypothetically, if he if it's determined that he does not live in Atlantic City and he's been serving and collecting money and collecting whatever benefits you get. I know you don't get health benefits, the newer members anymore, uh, but they used to. Uh, but the salary and any and anything else that comes along with it that I'm not naming, uh, if it turns out he doesn't live in Atlantic City and has no right to be on the city council, isn't that a criminal official misconduct? I would say so, Harry. I mean, he's collecting money to do a job. Part of his job is he's supposed to live in the city of Atlantic City. You know, um, to my best knowledge and what I'm hearing, the only time he's in Atlantic City is to visit his girlfriend. And that's fine and dandy. But you sign on, you swear an oath that you live in Atlantic City. 
you swear under oath, I'll put your hand on a Bible, whatever religion you believe in, and you swear that you live in Lake City, you would uphold the you know policies and procedures of this good city. Guess what? He violated that, and Harry, I think you've got something there. Could be interesting. Uh, what else did the listeners miss last night, John? Uh, you know, listen, um, it was it ran, caucus, ran caucus a little bit. You have, you know, people are frustrated. You had residents up there complaining the same thing I'm complaining about as far as um, <clears throat> Zoom, how things are muted out. There's no transparency. Um, you know, people are definitely frustrated. We'll see. We'll see what happens. I, I feel as though um, we'll see how uh, Mr. Randolph does in there. And, you know, if he follows the same suit, um, as Zia and, and Marty Small and his crazy agenda, you know, you're going to see more and more people um, step out and, and, and uh, voice their opinions. But, uh, you know, truth be told, let's give this guy a chance. And, uh, you know, hopefully we have a better a better year than we had the last couple of years, Harry. I mean, I think uh, I was listening to your show the other day, and I think you were very kind, um, the pros and the cons of this city. And I was texting you a lot of stuff. Um, you know, we had a pretty rough year as a resident here, as a leader here, as an elected official in Atlantic City. We had a very rough year last year, and you were very kind. I want to thank you for that. Oh, hey, listen, we try to be get no credit for it, but you know that's just the way I was raised. Uh, they're very unfair. We'll even say something good about bad people that do a good thing uh, because I mean, it's it's a real joke for Marty Small to say that he got ninety percent grade for uh 2022 that man is delusional that is just sick that's that's twisted it's demented it was a terrible year when you take out the private factors the casino industry meet ac had a great season for 2022 you take out the private actors uh what can marty small lay claim to the town was dirty filthy dirty consistently Parks and playgrounds, a disgrace. The drug problem, unbelievable uh, and really unaddressed. The um, uh, the murders that, that were escalating, even including multiple daylight murders. I mean, come on. How do, how do you how do you how does he sleep at night, let alone take credit that he's doing some kind of great job? It's like it's like Joe Biden says he does a great job every day. It's a, such a great record of accomplishment. These Democrats are I, I got to tell you, John. You know, you're living proof there are still good Democrats, but uh, these crazy Democrats there, they are they they have reached delusional state in our cities and in our counties and in our country. I mean, this was 2022 was in so many measurable, unambiguous ways, a terrible year. And Marty Small, a lot of it at his feet. You know, Dredgy Wood, why do you shut why do you shut that guy down? Uh, political retaliation. State said that Dredge could stay open. I mean, that Marty Small tr- tows the guy's uh, business away. I mean, he's he's a scumbag. Yeah. You know what, Harry? You nailed it right there. Selective enforcement. Uh, and I want to use Dredge as well as a as a uh, as a test. Um, there was other uh, there was other uh, vendors down there. Uh, they didn't have to move right away, but they had to drag his vehicle, his his living uh, uh, trailer, his trailer where he makes a living on. They drug it out to make a statement. Guess what? There was another trailer there. Why didn't they drag that out the same day? So this is what this guy does. You know, if it, if you don't vote for him, you don't kiss his ring, you don't give him, you know, 
uh, any kind of um, praise, then, you know, you're on the out. And, um, you know, I think that was a, a perfect example of, you know, not agreeing, not not kissing his ring, and guess what? You're out, and then that's 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 the. By the way, the sad thing, all Dredge did was he had a nice young boy who had been sexually abused uh, by a relative of the Smalls, evidently, allegedly, and it seems to be in all the documentation, uh, and that somehow was off-putting to the Smalls that that this boy was uh, supposedly employed, but he wasn't really. Just Dredge was just being nice to a young boy that was just hanging out uh, at, at Dredgy's fish heads. That's all. That's that. That's all it took. I mean, these are these are sick times that we're living in. Can I give you a better example, Harry? Yeah. A better example is John Devlin. I exposed a sexual assault that happened under my watch as, 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 uh, as a board member. I exposed it, and he, my the the rest of my career has been retaliated against by the small administration and others because I exposed a, that a sexual assault had happened in our school district and it was pushed under the rug. Since then, and you know, I uh, truth be told, I'll break it here right now on your your station that we just dropped the lawsuit. It went from a tort claim to a lawsuit. It was dropped last week to the court system that my lawsuit is in full effect and there's a whistle you know attached to that's a whistleblower lawsuit retaliation defamation of character and more and harry i'll deliver that lawsuit to you i didn't get a chance to last week i was out of town but i will definitely forward that lawsuit to you so you can read it and share with your listening audience you're going to wind up we have three minutes left in the hour not even you're going to wind up uh and you deserve it you're going to recover an incredible amount of money. For those that don't understand, punitive damages and things like that, they have to be disproportionate because the laws in our country say when someone does something so egregious, you have to be hit so hard because the idea is that you won't do it again. Now, they don't care, though, because they're, they they get their attorney friends that a lawsuit from John Devlin. I want to give people an idea in Twisted Marty Small's world. A John Devlin lawsuit is a good idea because then Marty gets to curry favor and pay someone a lot of money with your money. Small mayor, big money, big taxpayer money. Uh, they get to pay whatever attorney they want to make money because you were in a position where you had to sue the city. It's it is twisted, John. Well, it's not his money. He thinks it's his money, but it's not his money, and nothing's coming out of his pocket because he's protected. Um, so th- there's there's something to add to that. I'll, I'll do that in a further uh, interview with you, Harry. But look, at the end of the day, uh, what's going on on the seventh floor of city hall? is not only disgraceful and embarrassing, but it's criminal. And let me tell you, when I say embarrassing, I get calls all the time about our leadership here. And I, I get tired of defending the city that I was born and raised in, the city I love to death. You know, I could have moved away a long year, many, many years ago. I choose to stay here. And, um, you know, my, my Irish hard-headedness is, is, you know, I can't keep out of the fight people tell me to stand down and i'm not doing it i'm not scared you can't take nothing away from me i'll go wait tables somewhere i don't care i will always provide for my family and there's nobody no coward like carver or 
or Marty Smalls or any of these cronies that's going to stop me from doing that. Hey, John, final question, and we're down to about 45 seconds. But it, it, this is, I think, a pretty simple question. It's pretty much a yes or a no. In all your years, decades, as the president of the Atlantic City Board of Education, as a sworn Atlantic City police officer, have you ever witnessed a government that has operated the way that this small administration does? Um, I'm going to add to that as well. I've never in the history of 20 plus years as elected official, um, numerous years as chairman of the board uh, at the ACMUA, I've never seen an entity act like this. I've never seen any kind of an organized entity act in such a criminal um I don't I can't even think of a word to describe it, but absolutely not. The answer is absolutely not. I've never seen anything to describe the behavior of elected officials, the outlandishness. You know, I, I thought there was we, we, we're at the finish line, John. To be continued. Thank you for a nice visit. Sir. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. WENJHD3 Millville, a town square media station. Everything you need to know in six minutes starts now. It's halftime. From Harry Hurley Way in the world's playground to the broadcast pioneers of Philadelphia Hall of Fame. I want to congratulate my friend, Harry Hurley. You're about to find out why Harry Hurley has been named to the Talkers Magazine list of the 100 most important talk show hosts in the nation. Live from the studios of Town Square Media in Northfield, it's Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Thank you and welcome back. It's five minutes past the hour. John Zarek is the official and exclusive lead counsel for criminal defense legal matters for the Hurley in the Morning program every Thursday morning in the 8 o'clock hour. The Law Offices of John Zarek presents Smart Law with John Zarek. The Law Offices of John Zarek focuses their efforts on criminal defense law with the goal of providing you and yours with the very best legal defense. You can reach John and Stephanie and Brendan and the entire uh, firm at the Law Offices of John Zarek by calling 609 609- Six four one twenty two sixty six, or navigating uh, on their digital platform on the web, John Zarek, Z A R Y C H, JohnZarek dot com. Happy New Year, John. Happy New Year to you, Harry. <laughs> Here we go. We it's, ride again. Uh, New Year. Yeah, we do. We do. It's. Uh, I'm really grateful. I'm really grateful for the opportunity. I, this is my favorite part of the week, better than anything. I, I love being here. It's awesome. Love doing it. Love looking forward to it. <clears throat> love running into listeners from time to time. You know, it's just just great. Awesome. Great opportunity, and I'm 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 grateful grateful for another year to do it. So here we go. Bring it. Bring it, John. I'm, I'm jealous continuously continuously jealous of you harry because you get to do it um at least 20 hours a week but uh obviously now with all your national radio you're doing a lot more so i get i get one hour maybe maybe a little extra now and then upon request that's right that's right you know you're you're a lucky guy oh thanks john i know it i'm blessed too and i know it yeah yeah well 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 what's on your mind counselor uh, uh, plenty, plenty. I mean, uh, hard to fit it all in, actually. Um, 
I think the, I think the most important thing going on in the country right now is the uh, the the vote for Speaker uh, McCarthy can't get uh, more than um, well he, he he's he's twenty votes short I suppose and. Um, doesn't seem to be able to get there on multiple ballots. What, one update, John, since you went to sleep last night, I know you get very little sleep. It looks like there's a deal where he will pick up in today's seventh vote. We'll know for sure at a little after 12 noon when they start to vote again. But I think he's picked up between six and 10, which means he's knocking on the door. He's getting there. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was going to say, I mean, people are talking about what a disaster it, it is and how people are disappointed. And they sent the Republicans to Congress to um, to take over and take the country in another direction. There are, you know, there's the investigation of, uh, of um, you know, the Biden investigation uh, and other oversights that Jim Jordan is going to be running. Uh, you know, and, and people are talking, and especially the Democrats are talking, as if this is a total disaster for the Republicans. It's it's an President uh, Biden said it was a you know a national embarrassment that it looks terrible for the world and it's harming our country, et cetera. It's all nonsense, really. <clears throat> this will be as soon as uh, a speaker is chosen, and that speaker certainly will will be McCarthy. As soon as he's uh, chosen, this will all be forgotten. Like the, you know, like the pain and suffering of childbirth. Once the baby's there, you know, that's all forgotten and uh, it's over with. And that's what's going to happen here. So there's no harm. There's no panic. There's nothing to worry about. Um, and I think actually it is a good, uh, this, you know, the conservatives um, who are standing up, they do have a number of, of strong points to make. Um, the most important being that they're, they don't want, uh, they, they want the procedures of the House followed. In other words, the House and the Senate, they want oversight and they want uh, major aspects of bills debated and discussed on the floor. And they don't want to have, uh, you know, $1.7 trillion of spending uh, dumped on them at the last minute with no time to read and uh, multiple competing parties uh, who need something, who all want to have their favorite project, everybody gets everything they want, and uh, the American people pay for it. I mean, there, it's it's not a way, it's not a proper way to do business, and, and it's really, it prevents the congressmen and senators from doing their job, from doing what they're supposed to do, which is is govern on behalf of the American people, um, but it, it does seem like there's a buildup on both sides. Um, there's a buildup of um, credits, so to speak, from special interest over the years. And um, fewer and fewer people in both parties want to 
um, disappoint the special special interest, and this works fine for this process works fine for them. So they bring a bill with no time. Everybody gets every all the special interests get what they want, and uh, the American people end up getting whacked. Really, you know, they're they're paying for all this stuff. Um, no, I mean just just for example, I mean one pretty outrageous thing is, uh, you know, President Biden said that it wasn't going to be if you're for, earning four hundred thousand dollars or less, you're not going to pay any a- extra taxes. But um, there are an abundance of new taxes that are going to attack um, everyone down, you know, down to the lowest wage earners. Um, there's a big, and just one example is, uh, and this was all done without debate. The one example is there's a, uh, natural gas tax. Now I'd estimate that 90% of houses are heated in the County. There are some oil burners around from time to time, but, but almost everyone's converted to natural gas. So that means everybody, virtually everybody in the County is going to pay a big tax simply because they they did the smart thing, which was they converted to the most efficient the most efficient form of heating um, for good purposes, you know <clears throat> most efficient it was it burns cleaner, all kinds of good reasons to have natural gas, and now they're getting penalized for that they're they're getting singled out as bad people because they are using natural gas. Um, really, really a terrible, terrible tax they're putting on people. Uh, and that's strictly uh, Biden and the Democrats are, you know, it's an anti-fossil fuel tax. But, you know, that so that's, I think, a betrayal of the people. But it's one that just was put through without debate. I mean, you don't hear much about it, but that and other taxes are now being imposed on, on people earning less than 400,000, less than a hundred thousand. So it's really kind of disgusting, disappointing to me to see that happen. Um, and to see repeatedly, um, Spending and major policy being done um, in a split second with no room for debate. And when that happens, it, it is typically very bad policy. Even the, um, the Patriot Act, because whenever the government reacts very quickly about a big matter, it, it always is bad. And we, we learned that the... Uh, the Patriot Act, when it got into the hands of bad people, uh, they they lied to the FISA court. They misrepresented things and got warrants that they had no uh, legal right to get, except they were willing to misrepresent to the FISA court judge uh, in a way that was completely dishonest. And um, they're abusing the rights of the citizens. And it, it shows you that even when the American people were scared to death and not knowing if the terrorist enemy was going to continue – uh, to hit us in different ways that the American people tolerated that which they never would tolerate, the suspension of 
typical civil liberties in the manner that we did because of the atmosphere of the time and they took full advantage. It's why every time there's a shooting, uh, the same suspects step up and try to curtail the Second Amendment. Uh, some of that's fresh on my mind right now as I'm about to publish an article about the Second Amendment. I take complete um, umbrage. It's unrelated John's point. I'll say it quickly and go to the break and come right back to John Zarek. But I completely disagree with the Newark Star-Ledger editorial, which basically says that the Second Amendment shouldn't exist and that they should regulate guns like they regulate cars uh, and that the, the government should have total control and that this sacred constitutional protection shouldn't exist and that we should be like Canada uh, where it does not exist. Uh, it's, it's, I tell you, we're living in, in amazing times. Back with John Zarek right after this with John. I am. Early in the morning, WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM. Healthy life. When you need to know, it's WPG Talk Radio 95.5 and the WPG Talk Radio app. We are back. John Zarek continues at 19 minutes past the hour with Smart Law with John Zarek. Counselor, time is yours. Uh, yes, Harry, we're talking about the uh, uh, division, I guess, over who's going to be the next speaker, uh, who the Republicans are going to elect. I, I don't think it's a bad process at all. I don't think it's uh, anything that's going to have any residual problem. <clears throat> and I think it's a good thing that these uh, 20 legislators are clearly, clearly over and over making the point um, that there are a lot of defects in the process right now, especially this idea of passing bills uh, without debate, without the normal processes of oversight, really a really a bad thing for the American people. And what happens is uh, all the special interests cram in and this is Republican and Democrat, but all the special interests cram in their favorite stuff, much of which, much of which, and I'd say half of which, really doesn't make sense, <clears throat> doesn't make good business sense, is not good government. But everybody, uh, you know, the congressmen and senators that are supported by those groups, they all get that they all get what they they want, and which ensures the um, uh, donations, you know, the campaign donations will keep coming from those groups to those congressmen and senators. And so gradually what happens is over time, and it has in fact happened, you know, groups get um, corrupted. I mean, congressmen and senators get corrupted, not in the sense that someone's handing them a bag of cash, but it's not, it's not far away from that, right? It's not far away from that. It's essentially you take care of us and we'll make sure that you, we can fund your next campaign. And we'll make sure, uh, in, in many cases, as we see, we'll give you preferential stock deals that nobody else in, in the country can get, but you can get, um, because we're your friends. <clears throat> And we are friends because you take care of us. You you cram through these bills that we want crammed through. So, um, 
you know, or we'll take care of you and your brother and your cousin and your wife when, or your husband, um, when you need a job, when you want to leave, you just, you just transition right into the industry and, um, you'll be very, very wealthy and we'll make sure that happens. But the price of that is we want you to ram through these bills that are beneficial to us when we tell you to do that. And that's really what's, you know, that's really what's going on and has been going on. And uh, so these 20 senators or 20 congressmen who are, you know, taking another tack, voting against um, Speaker McCarthy are not doing it, I think, because they don't like Speaker McCarthy. They're doing it as a, uh, a protest against uh, essentially the corruption that's going on in both parties. You know, in in uh, you know, there, there's not a battle like this going on in the Democratic Party because they are always 100 percent together because, you know, that's accepted. It's accepted that that's the way the game is played. You know, they're really all about getting things, uh, you know, for their constituencies and for their supporters. And so there's not you know, there isn't that division. Here, there's a division because, you know, we have, um, you know, a large part of the Republican uh, Party that is is, is start tending to play that same game. And there are stalwarts, um, admirably, uh, you know, admirable stalwarts that are saying, no, we don't want to play that game. We want bills debated. We want... Uh, you know, we want to govern as as the people elected us to govern. Now, they're not pure either. I mean, that the 20 are not perfectly pure because they all have their particular self-interest involved. But in general, the major debate, the major part of the debate that we should focus on is the idea of following the procedures of the House and doing things in the proper sequence so that, that we have each item debated, each major item debated, and uh, the American people get to weigh in on that. Like right now, this is, this is, this money's being spent in a blur. I mean, the people really don't have time to research and spend the ex excessive time. That's what the Congress is for, and that's what the hearings are for, and that's what the debates are for so that the American people can be informed as to what's going on. The way things are done now, it's just rushed through, and the people, you know, just don't have time to uh, spend. That's what their representatives are supposed to do. That's what their congressmen and senators are supposed to do. They're supposed to spend that time, and at the same time as the hearings are going on, inform the American people what's going on. So, um <clears throat> I think it's a good stand that they're taking, um, the 20 dissenters. I think it's a good stand they're taking. Ultimately, they're, you know, McCarthy is going to be the speaker. Um, there's not going to be any long-term harm done from them. And there will be a good deal of education about the process, you know, where the American people are really being played for uh, suckers, 
um, or played for suckers uh, because they're, you know, they're they're being bamboozled by this process. So I think that's I think that's a very significant thing. John, good stuff, uh, without a doubt. And and it's sobering because obviously the hysterical Democrat media is making this, oh, it hasn't happened in 100 years. You have to go back to 1923. Is it going to look like 1856 when it took 133 ballots? No, it's not going to take 133 ballots. I think we're going to see movement on the seventh ballot. And then from there, I think we'll get closer and closer. Uh, and I, 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 like you, don't take this hysterical um, approach that this is just – destroying the republic and the, look the democrats they're they're using social media with their bowls of popcorn I'm, i mean I'm, i mean this literally john posing with popcorn acting th- that they enjoy this so much like the republicans are wrecking themselves it this will be forgotten i mean it, it they'll get on to governing the committees the, the key though is get it picked though because you can't even get sworn in. There, there's not even a member of the House right now. They're all member-elect. You can't even swear in this uh, 118th session of the United States House of Representatives. So I do want to see it happen sooner rather than later. And then you get your committee chair in place, and we govern. And then also the um, appropriate investigations, John, that have to take place and the subpoenas that have to be um, issued – all this has to happen. None of it can happen, though, until the speaker is selected. Yeah, I agree. And uh, it, it had governing hasn't been happening. It's it's been really the, we're in, I'd say, a, a pretty dangerous time where the special interests are getting what they want. And the process is set up so that they do get they want get what they want. And they're getting it from Democrats and Republicans, certainly more so from Democrats, but um, they're getting it from Republicans also. And we have fewer and fewer people are willing to stand up and say, hey, look, this is this is just not right. They're more interested in their own self-interest, which is making sure that they have campaign funds, making sure that they have jobs for themselves and their families when they get out of Congress or while they're still in Congress, um, making sure they have preferential stock deals, making sure that they can trade. Could you imagine, Harry, if we we could trade on inside information, uh, the money we could make, let's say you start out with $50,000, but you know what's going to happen in, in any particular stock. Um, next week, next month, next year, and you could continuously just put put it all on the pass line because you know um, if we were working on legislation together and we know something's going to break next month, you know, you could turn, that's why, that you know, you could turn $50,000 into, and you don't have to be smart to do it. You know, you, you just have to have the inside information, which members of Congress do. That's why you have people with, um, you know, not no, no means outside of no means outside of their congressional salaries starting as Congress 
men or congresswomen and <clears throat> ending up with ending up being worth $5 million, $10 million, $20 million, $30 million, $35 million. And the only job they've ever had is their congressman. And they get paid, what, 175000 a year or whatever it is. And, and John, yeah. how do they all come out multimillionaires? Yeah, they do. Because, they do. Because the special interest and the, the system maintained by the special interest take care of these people. For, I mean, John, you know this because you're a pro. For those who don't know this, during the time that we have all been on air together, which is now 31 years, we know this for a fact. There was a time not all that long ago that members of Congress, when they retired, they continued to possess what's called their floor pass. They used to utilize that floor pass and would literally lobby on the floor of the House of Representatives or the Senate, and they would be paid by clients who they were lobbying for with the very people that five minutes ago they were casting votes with. And, John, they used to be able to make it rain, I think they call it. Uh, and that was legal. Now, they took that away. I think as the people become more and more displeased with how these things apply to us but not to them, like uh, health care applied to us but not to them, uh, many other examples where – if the government shut down, you might get shut down or something you love or the parks or some program, but they automatically get paid. They have their raises that they're automatically uh, installed. They don't have to vote for them. It's automatic. It, it, it's really the kind of stuff that when there's a watchful eye and and the media being aggressive, which they haven't been, uh, except, of course, they were very aggressive on Trump, but – these are the kinds of things where you see some people actually retiring now. Well, how about how about this one, John? How about the post office? Dan Rostenkowski, they were able to write checks that they had no money in the account. They wrote checks to the House post office. The House covered the checks and it didn't matter. Like you would get a notice um, – you know, overdrawn, overdraft, uh, $45 charge for the overdraft fee, $45 charge because you're overdraft in your account. You get hit with like 90 bucks times five items because it was a cavalcade. You had your checkbook figured that, oh, they better not present this one first because then five are going to bounce. As long as they pay these, all right, I'll get one overdraft. They didn't have to worry, John, about any of that. They just wrote checks they couldn't cover and it all got paid for them. Stamps. They had it made uh, until they didn't. And I think we're catching up on some of this. More John Zarek right after this. This is the Town Square, New Jersey Info and Weather Network. And it's Harry Hurley at 33 minutes past the hour. I just filed about three minutes ago during the Zarek program an opinion editorial from me taking on a Star Ledger editorial, basically where they don't want the Second Amendment. They want us to be Canada, where you, you don't have the right to bear arms. They don't like the Supreme Court decision. Uh, it's it's as twisted as, as it gets. Second Amendment is a constitutional privilege, not a right. They don't want it to be. And we've got a whole lot more back. 
From the Town Square, New Jersey Info and Weather Network, I'm Chief Meteorologist Dan Zarrow. The cool down is technically underway, but today's still unseasonably warm. Temperatures running 15 to 20 degrees above normal for early January. I'll give you a high of 60. Some lingering fog, especially right along the coast and mostly cloudy skies. Chance of a rain shower tonight, more fog, low of 44. Becoming partly sunny and 51 tomorrow, only 45 Saturday. Get weather 24-7 wherever you are. Download our free mobile app today. Make a New Year's resolution that's news. Early in the morning, WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM. Sean Hannity this afternoon at 3. Now, early in the morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. John Zarek right now, 36 minutes past the hour. Counselor, time is yours. Yes, Harry. Uh, Well, I do practice criminal law for a living. Um, I'd say it's almost not for a living. I'd say I practice criminal law because I love it. You know, I love to, uh, I guess I've been a chronic rescuer all my life. So I I love to get good people through danger and families through danger. Because, you know, when I have a case, uh, we have a, you know, say my typical client is a, a young guy in um, in college or in high school. Uh, that's typical, although I represent people that are old and uh, very old and very young. But um, the most frequent is, uh, you know, and statistically in, in the United States, the people that run into problems with the criminal justice system are, are typically, uh, you know, college age. Uh, whether they're in college or not. And, uh, you know, I get called by uh, mom, dad, um, grandparents, aunt, uncle, cousin sometimes, and say, look, uh, Johnny is a great kid. He's never done anything wrong. He's, uh, he's done a lot of community service. He's played sports. But <clears throat> this night he was out and ran into a... Uh, uh, a bad crew, and uh, they went here, they went there, they did this, they did that, and uh, you know he's in the uh, he's in the police department, headed for the county jail, and can you help? So that's what I do um, day in day out. I'm so grateful for the opportunity to do it. Um, I think um, I think I. I I do have to run an office, so I do have to charge <laughs> some money to uh, to keep an office going and pay all the great people I have working for us to to make it. Um, you know, we we often have situations when people hire us, we have immediately like four people working on the case right away. So um, that that does uh, require us to charge some money, but it's not really. It's kind of something, it's, it's not our motivation. I can assure you that, any of us, it's not our motivation. We, we really love to do the work. And uh, so I, I wanted to, you know, I want to talk about that, um, you know, talk about the practice of law and um, especially talk about some of the history uh, that I've had, some of the situations I've been in. Um, just pick and choose through through the of incidents through the years that are that are notable. 
Um, first of all, an experience Stephanie had, uh, she was uh, clerking for Judge Pamela Demby in, in Philadelphia. She was, uh, she was actually an intern for her. She was um, um, a clerk for John Rogers Carroll, who was the unquestionably the uh, the best criminal lawyer in the state of Pennsylvania. I mean, for sure, if a uh, senator, congressman, representative got in trouble, or there was a, a significant, or any any other official got in trouble. They would call John. That was the first call. Um, and so she had a fantastic opportunity to work with really the best guy ever. And uh, she still maintains friendship with people in the office that she worked with. Um, but one of the experiences we had, she had um, while she was there for, um, and it's important for people to remember this, that this is the reality, uh, not the hype that um, the government often uh, proposes or um, sells, but this is the reality. Four young black men uh, were arrested for a gruesome um, drug den multiple murder, you know, so people went in and just slaughtered people. And these uh, four guys individually were arrested for that murder. Um, they were, they, they were interrogated. Um, all four of them confessed, right? So the, the idea is, well, I would never confess to something I didn't do. Yeah. That's what you think now. Um, get isolated, get told that you have, um, by people that you trust, police officers that you trust, that they've got the evidence, that you're going to be convicted. There's no question about it. And we can save you from spending the rest of your life in jail or from being executed by, uh, if you tell us this, 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 and this. You know, if you tell us the truth, and they tell you what the truth is, you know, one way or the other, they, they communicate what they believe the truth is. And under those circumstances, and they create a sense of hopelessness, that's part of their training in many cases, create a sense of hopelessness on the part of the person you're questioning. And people will confess, you know, in that set of circumstances, they'll frequently confess something they didn't do. So these guys confessed. Wow. And uh, they were on trial for Well, one way or another, you know, they ultimately got attorneys. You know, they, they waived their attorneys, their, their attorney-client privilege at first because of pressure. You know, if you don't, you're going to get hammered badly. Um, it'll be worse for you. Uh, we can, we're trying to help you, that sort of thing. <laughs> and, uh, that's funny. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We're trying to help you. Yeah. Um, and in fact, that reminds me of, uh, one, uh, there's a movie. Well, I'll tell you where they, it's, it's, it's a great, it's a great fun movie, 
called Night and Day. Oh, I love it. You know, Tom Cruise and Night Cameron and Diaz. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen it 20 times. <laughs> Me too, John. I, I love to it. Confess. And he says, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, she's just saying, this guy, this guy, and she, and she says, He's the guy. He's the guy. He's the guy. <laughs> He's the guy. So he drugged me in that in that movie. The the guy, you know, Tom Cruise tells um, the star. Um, he he tells her uh, if they tell you that they're going to get you to a safe place, that means they're going to kill you, right? If they tell you there's nothing to worry about then there's something to worry about. That means they're going to kill you, et cetera, et cetera. So the police told these guys, you know, we're going, if they say we're going to help you, that means they're going to kill you. So <laughs> the, the police told, police told, uh, these four kids, um, you know, you can trust us. We're going to help you all the things that were said in that movie. And they confessed once they got lawyers, they all immediately um, recanted their confessions or attempted to. And in time, in a relatively short period of time, they were in jail. Um, and in a relatively short period of time, they were, um, they found, uh, say, four guys who were, they found the blood, the, the, they found the money. They found the blood of the victims all over the money. They found the guns. They found the blood of the victims all over the guns. Uh, and those guys confessed. Obviously, they were clearly, patently guilty. And and they confessed. So uh, they came in to court, the, the lawyers, and said, okay, we got all this stuff, and said, you know, okay, let our clients out. What did the state do? What did the prosecutors do? They said, no, Your Honor, we need uh, another month uh, or six weeks to uh, verify everything. <laughs> I mean, they had the goods, you know. And the judge said, are you out of your mind? You know, you've got the killers. You've arrested them. You've, you know... They've got the guns. They've got the blood. They've got everything. You've got nothing else but these other kids' confession, um, which were coerced. And you want to be, to keep these kids in jail for another six weeks? Is that what you're saying? Well, yes, Your Honor. Yeah, the the state, and this is one of the uh, the rules. And of course, the judge said you're crazy, and let them out right away. And that was the end of that. But, you know, let, Steph learned a good lesson. And, I, of course, I learned a lesson through her, um, a lesson that I had already experienced a number of times before. And that is the state, once they make a mistake, um, they are very, very reluctant to admit that mistake. Mm. And they'll delay and delay and delay uh, before that, they have to come to that terrible day where they publicly say, publicly say uh, that this was a mistake. And, and here's how we made the mistake. And I've experienced that right up to the present day. I mean, right up to the present day. You know, you you we've had people um, 
in one county we had two cases like that where it was very apparent to everyone that these people were not guilty, but they just wouldn't admit it and wouldn't dismiss the case because they just had to, um, they just were hoping against hope that something would come and save them from what they perceived as horrible humiliation, that they made a mistake and, and they have to admit it. It's not horrible humiliation. You know, no. we're dealing with human beings. But, but, you know, when people work for the government, it's, it's different. They, they can't go out and get new clients. They can't go, they can't work around the clock and get paid more money. Um, they can't do new marketing. They can't do a lot of things to spring back. But, John, even worse, don't some government lawyers and government types like this, they can lose their job if they get a case wrong? hasn't that happened so it's even worse it's like they have to this they have to stay with the untruth for job you know preservation or something so that that should never be it should just be you know what what we had looked good and now we have more information and so we have to do the right thing and we have to let this innocent person go if you keep somebody in jail a single minute longer than you already have determined that they are not guilty of that charge that should be criminal John, let's take our final break. It's a short break. We'll be back in two minutes with John Zarek. This is WPG Talk Radio 95.5. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. It is nine minutes before the top of the hour, uninterrupted until then with John Zarek. And we took away only because we had to. We took away seven o'clock hour open forum because John Devlin was not available in the nine o'clock hour. And we're switching the nine o'clock hour right after John to wide open forum. So I hope you'll do what you always do. And that's call in right away as soon as John signs off at 609 407 because there's a lot going on. We know it and it'll give you an opportunity to uh, be heard and also to say what's on your mind. 609 407 coming up in under 15 minutes. Wide open forum the rest of the way. John, time is yours. Yes, Harry. So uh, that was one lesson learned. But um, another lesson I learned through the years is that you really need to be more than a lawyer if you're going to practice criminal law. It's extremely important to gain as much wisdom as you can as fast as you can. It's important to read. It's important to, um, you know, look at media, movies, plays, anything that involves uh, performances, uh, politics, it's important to understand how the fabric of society works and uh, to get as much experience as you can in as many different areas. I'll tell you how that worked in in one particular case. Uh, I was, there was a very key witness, a very elderly lady in a case many, many years ago. And, um, I had, uh, she was a very elderly black woman, um, lived in Atlantic City. She was absolutely key to this, to the state's prosecution. And she was testifying, and I was cross-examining her. Now, because I had the experience of, um, you know, being in the Army, um, 
being in the South from time to time, living in the South from time to time. Um, I had, uh, um, and, and uh, actually attended school in the South from time to time. I was very, very familiar with, you know, common, um, common courtesies that people pay one another in that environment. And that, and those persist in so many of the African-Americans now living in Atlantic City or Philadelphia or Chicago came from the South, those patterns of speech persist. And so when I was addressing um, the proper way to address, I, I think I told you a story about my my grandson and I when we were uh, we were hunting on the eastern shore of Maryland, and I explained to him, I said, people are courteous here. So when they say, yes, sir, and yes, ma'am, no, sir, no, ma'am, and if anybody addresses you that way, anybody addresses you, that's the way I want you to respond, okay, because that's, that's, that's courtesy here. Um, and the first thing that happened, we went into a breakfast place after hunting, <laughs> and uh, I said to a, a group of young guys, um, out, guys out deer hunting today, and and they said, "Yes, sir." <laughs> right? <And> like, like, <laughs> right on cue. Any 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 luck? No, sir. <laughs> and uh, my my little grandson. It's important to know, you know, so we had, we, it's important to know how people interact. And so we had the situation where um, I'm cross-examining this, um, not in an aggressive way, in, a, in really a friendly way, because she knew the truth and uh, she just needed the opportunity to, to speak the truth. But I addressed her repeatedly as, um, her name was, uh, say, Miss Jane, uh, Jane. And I, I, in as a sign of deep respect, I, I addressed her as Miss Jane. Well, uh, that didn't offend her. It didn't offend any of the African Americans on the jury. Uh, in fact, you know, it, it showed that I was being respectful at that time. This is many years ago. Um, but the prosecutor, after it was done, it was real successful cross-examination, the prosecutor in the closing argument said, um, and look at how the attitude of this whole defense, look at how the the defense attorney disrespectfully addressed Mrs. Jones or whatever her name was, calling her Miss Jane, you know, and being a grown woman. And of course, that is... He had it the opposite. You know, it was a sign of affection. Yeah, polite, or, polite's being twisted into somehow disrespect. It's weird. And 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 at the same time, I'm looking at I'm looking at the other African Americans on the jury, and there were several, uh, and they're looking at me like, doesn't she get it? <laughs> you, know, <laughs> you know, they're laughing right that she's got it so wrong. And of course, they went out, and for that and other reasons, I think they came out. It came back very quickly and found um, the client not guilty, not only did they find the client not guilty, but they kind of, you know, a number of them waited outside the courthouse and were giving me high fives and stuff like that because they were so happy, you know, that they had a chance to vote and um, 
uh, find that find my client not guilty. Um, and it became apparent to everybody that my client was in fact not guilty, actual, actual innocence, not just prove not not just that the state failed to prove beyond a reasonable doubt, but actual innocence. John, two minutes left in your program. Let me throw this question at you. I think it'd be a great jump off point to end the program uh, until we meet again real soon. And I've in, I've enjoyed all your participation today. How would you describe? Does the American justice system, if you want to realm into that jury system, does it work? Well, it 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 works. Um, it works, but it doesn't work perfectly. And it works better than any other system in the world. And it works well when we have um, a well-funded public defender system, which we do. Um, you know, most public defenders will say they wish they had more time and a lower caseload um, in order to do a better job. But, you know, we have it, – it, it works in general, and it works – it works well with private attorneys, certainly, um, who are willing to put in the time. But there are breakdowns there, too. I mean, if you if you hire an attorney who is not willing to put in the time and is looking to, you know, is looking for the exit sign as you as soon as they get paid, <laughs> then that doesn't work. That doesn't work out very well. 30 seconds. So, but I wanted to. But in general, the system works well. A lot of good lawyers around and a lot of good prosecutors around and a lot of good judges around, especially in in our counties here. So I wanted to say uh, before we go, you know, uh, I'm involved in uh, raising money for uh, humanitarian um, causes in in Ukraine. We we uh, raise money here. We pay pal money to our trusted friends. Ten seconds. um, Who we know personally. And. if anyone wants to make a donation to Ukraine Humanitarian Inc., all you have to do is call my office or stop by, and uh, we will tell you how to write a check and uh, explain how everything works. Maybe we'll sit down and, as I often do, sit down. WENJHD3 Millville, a town square media station. Everything you need to know in six minutes. Good to be with you, John. And you can from Harry Hurley Way in the world's playground. To the broadcast pioneers of Philadelphia Hall of Fame. I want to congratulate my friend, Harry Hurley. You're about to find out why Harry Hurley has been named to the Talkers Magazine list of the 100 most important talk show hosts in the nation. Live from the studios of Town Square Media in Northfield, it's Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. All right, a couple of quick comments and then we're going to get right to your call. So I want to give you an opportunity to get these phone lines primed and going. 609-407-1450. My first comment is because of the six-hour time difference, when you wake up, as I do, at 2.15 in the morning, I got to catch a lot. Now, I was working at the time, but I did have it on, and I got to watch you know, quite a bit of the funeral of Pope Emeritus Benedict Sixteenth, And it was, it was beautiful, absolutely beautiful. Uh, that was how I basically started the day. And we had done, obviously, all the show prep that we do the day before. And then we began the show prep that we do the day of. And we look what happens, you know, in the few hours between when I go to sleep to when I wake up. And that's usually from about 9 p.m. to 2.15. I'm not awake. Uh, so not a whole lot happens. But last night, uh, 
something major did happen, and that was that there was a breakthrough of sorts where anywhere between six and ten of the House members that were not voting for Kevin McCarthy will know better in, what, about three hours from now. And then the vote takes a little bit of time. So we'll say within four hours from now, we'll know if he goes from 201 to like 207, maybe even 210. The estimate is that a deal that was reached with certain people will – and it really, it was not about anything that I don't think was really worked out before. But uh, maybe it's just whatever, a little bit of time needed to pass and and just have this experience of McCarthy being rejected six times and showing him. You know, I think I think this really comes down to this is not uncommon in in life. Think about it. If you've ever dealt with someone that showed you disrespect, and I believe these members feel that they were disrespected by Kevin McCarthy, and I think maybe Kevin McCarthy miscalculated and didn't realize how close it was going to be. They thought it was going to be a three dozen, two to three dozen uh, majority for the Republicans, and then guess what? This wouldn't matter, and none of it would have happened. Because they would have all kept their powder dry because they wouldn't have been able to affect it would have just been maybe they vote present or do something just in principle. But they wouldn't have been able to change anything here. Five of them can change everything. And it's been more like 20. So it's actually 19 and one's voting present. But uh, I think you're going to see McCarthy get at least six more votes, maybe 10 on the first ballot or the seventh ballot, but the first ballot of today. The second thing is. We've been talking about artificial intelligence for years. Remember, Mayor Charlie Kane and I talked about automated cars when people said we were certifiably mad that there would never be a car that would drive itself. And we just knew that there would be. We just didn't know the year. Well, we also talked about how many jobs are being lost to artificial intelligence and the latest And this has been going on in Japan for quite a while. Uh, And they have entire hotels that the housekeeping staff are robots, the uh, public area, environmental services, whatever you want to call them, housekeeping, all of the different cleaning services and front services, all automated, all robots that don't talk back and don't have you don't have to worry about anything. They just do the job. Well. I introduce you to Flippy the Robot. Flippy the Robot makes burgers and French fries and cheese sticks and really anything. And in 100 White Castle restaurants, Flippy the Robot is doing the cooking. There are so many classifications, I'm telling you, the the, the toll taker. Almost gone. Now, you have the toll takers on the Margate Bridge, but for the most part, they're gone. Remember, Easy Pass used to be voluntary. You kind of have to have it now unless you have the exact change. That's just the way it is. That position used to exist. It's gone. In the casino industry, remember the big carts? And I used to watch the carpet. It drove me crazy, by the way. I would watch the carpet go ripple up and down. Because that that always meant we we're going to have to stretch and do all these different things. Because those change carts used to be so heavy, no such thing as a change cart. 
Change attendant position, gone. So many classifications are going by the way of artificial intelligence, which is why people that are in certain job classifications have to start retraining and looking at different things. Just some thoughts that were going through my head during the break. 609-407-1450, an open phone line. Welcome to Hurley in the Morning. You're on the air. Good morning, Harry. This is your octogenarian faithful listener. Youngster. I was very I was very excited to hear you talk about the Heimlich Maneuver and, and the importance of people knowing how to do it. I'm also a registered nurse 65 years, and I had an occasion only three times in that in that my life of that profession to do the Heimlich, but one I have to share with you because yeah. it, it was almost comical in the end. I was in a restaurant, and I saw the table across from me, the woman was choking. I knew right away what she was doing. I hastened over, and I got it, and I got her, I got her back. But in the process, I I pushed her false teeth right across the room. <laughs> these are the these are the casualties of our duties. Here was mine. I've used it three times. Two were pretty uneventful. One was very eventful. There was a dealer, and he was very big, and I'm not that big. Uh, and I was just praying that I was going to get this out because he was getting very heavy and he was extremely scared, as you can imagine. I come across just minding my own business just happened to be when I decided to go to lunch. And in those days at the Golden Nugget, my office was one little back fire step away from the employee's cafeteria. Uh, so I go down. I'm eating my lunch. I literally have my tray of food and my beverage at the table within seconds, not even a minute, I hear, he's choking. Somebody yells it out. Uh, so I'm, I'm looking around, and there it was. This guy is standing up, universal signal for choking, both hands to his throat. I observe he literally has a total airway obstruction with no air exchange. He can't even, you know, sometimes you can hear a little wheeze. You hear right. something. This was right. nothing. Mouth is open and he is just completely obstructed. Uh, it turns out I yell over to someone, what's he eating? They said roast beef. I'm thinking, oh, no. So he's he's a dealer. Every hour you get 20 minutes. They wolf down their food fast. They yak it up at the table. He aspirates a big wad of roast beef. And I'm working on this guy abdominal thrusts, back blows. I'm looking, I'm observing. I'm, I'm open the mouth, see if I can do a finger sweep. Is there anything I can do? I do more um, abdominal thrusts. I'm really getting scared like like this might not work. I'm, I'm, I mean, this guy, I, I can't allow this. This guy's not dying in my hands. So I just figure, all right, I may break some ribs. I'm just going for it. I give this guy like a Hulk abdominal thrust it made a sound like a popping machine. You know what I'm talking about. You're a registered nurse. This came out with a pop sound. It mm -hmm. flew out like a projectile <laughs> missile. And I'll never forget it. He got on his knees and he hugged my legs and cried like a baby uh. and, and thanked me. Couldn't stop saying, thank you for saving my life. Thank you for saving my life. It was, it was really one of the most emotional experiences of my life. But satisfactory, too, because... Oh. Well, he, he was... He was uh, let me just say, if I wasn't eating lunch at that time, he was gone. Because <sighs> nobody, really? else, nobody else came. 
Everybody mm-hmm. watched. And I don't blame anybody. Well. Fortunately, I was certified. I don't know if I was an instructor at the time, but I was certified in CPR. I knew what to do. Right. Right. I was the same. Yep. Yep. But and it's a wonder, wonderful. And do you, do you also agree with me, youngster, that um, everybody, your parents, grandparents, siblings, everyone should learn CPR? By all means, without a doubt. Because think about it, you could be doing CPR. I mean, look what they did with uh, Demar Hamlin on that field. Uh, they worked on him immediately, so they were doing everything they could to make sure that his brain and his vital organs were getting oxygen, and they were doing the compressions when the when they needed to on a couple of the occasions. And so you can keep someone alive and not have them have brain injury uh, and other type of you know just debilitating tragic type result because if you get somebody back too late uh then there's all kinds of neurological problems and you know all of that uh let me ask you if you agree or disagree with me the modern standard which i'm not fully versed on because this is a long time since i was certified as a basic rescuer and then as an instructor but we operated under abc airway breathing circulation so the idea was make sure you get an open airway Make sure, you know, that the person's breathing. And if they're not, you're doing right. the breathing and then see for circulation. Now they're big on the chest compressions, actually in a different pace than we used to do it. But nonetheless, compressions, but not the ventilation, because they evidently their findings were that people that weren't trained. I mean, even if you get trained as a basic rescuer, you don't use it much and you don't have the experience as a medical person. So people were overinflating and creating problems like that. So now they say these compressions are enough. I don't believe that. Do you? Well, I'm in doubt about it, but I, I can't prove that it's better because I'm not, you know, certified to do that. Yeah, I can't either, and I'm also not. But it just seems to me that we used to open the airway. We gave breath before we gave compression. So I always believed that right. the breath was really important while while Absolutely. someone is not I, I agree yeah but they but they have it different I, I don't know if it's because of you know diseases and stuff or an apprehension of uh good samaritans to to want to do uh, i don't blame anybody you know to put your mouth on somebody else's mouth and all that i mean we're i think we're you know you know with all the different things covid and rsv and and just i think more sensitivity i don't think people are as you know open to maybe doing that maybe that's part of why they changed it as well this i will say if i ever and i don't want to have the occasion if i have the occasion to do it i'm doing the ventilating and it's not like i'm an old throwback that's unwilling to embrace new technology it just seems to me that i'm not going to overventilate i know what i'm doing i'm going to i'm going to help that person have the chance of the best result if I do that, that's going to be what I do, I think. That's right. I agree with that because that's what you're used to and that's what you believe in and that's what works for you. And you can't, I don't think you can really harm them anymore. No, I mean, I the only way it would be is if you overinflated and you did some damage to the lung or something. But in, in most cases, they were dead before you brought them back. That's right. That's right. It's not your intention to do that. It's your intention to get them back. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. Oh, it's good. Well, thank you, Harry. Thank you. Good to talk to you. Appreciate you. 
609-407-1450, an open phone line. Uh, hang in there on the phone lines. Please don't go away. Your calls are coming up in just a few minutes. Life is hectic here in South Jersey, but one thing you don't have to worry about is missing the information you need while you're running around doing a zillion things. That's why WPG Talk Radio 95.5 brings you everything you need to know in six minutes at the top of every hour. National headlines from Fox News Radio, South Jersey News, and your local AccuWeather forecast all in six minutes. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Hi, it's Mark Levin. Join me this evening at 6. Now back to Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio, 95.5 FM, 1450 AM. South Jersey's talk station. Thank you. Great one. 22 minutes past the hour. A quick follow-up to the octogenarian gentle lady that sounds like she's about 39, not possibly in the 80s. That's amazing. You need to be studied. Your voice has the youthfulness of at least five decades younger. Uh, something I didn't mention, the reason where, when it was taught ABC, airway, breathing, circulation, CPR, many times, you'd be shocked to hear this, but many times, and I think our octogenarian 65-year-plus nurse, I think we have a lot in common. My, my mother-in-law was over 60 years nurse. My daughter is a veteran nurse. My sister-in-law, it's in the family. Uh, and of course, my son-in-law, nurse practitioner. So, Many times, if you just open the airway, like sometimes people, you could find someone with the chin down. Uh, not a good position to be in, to sleep. If you fall asleep in a chair and chin way down, because the, the it's not open like it is, you tilt the head back and open up the airway, and sometimes people just start breathing again. It's like, and it just happens. Uh, so there, there's a lot to um, a lot to learn. I don't know how long the course is now. It, it's not that long. I know we certified people very, very quickly. You could either do it in three smaller um, sessions or one full day. And you did everything from Rasasa Annie and did the tape and the compressions and the ventilations and one person and two person CPR and, you know, all of that. Uh, but sometimes just very basic open the airway and the person starts breathing again. Welcome to Hurley in the Morning. You're on the air. Uh, hi, how are you, Harry? Uh, well. Merry Christmas. Uh, yeah, Merry Christmas. Uh, Happy I'm, New I'm, Year. Same to you. Um, so no coincidences here. Um, I'm just leaving the cardiologist now. I go at least every six months for the last 10 years because in 2012, I died of a heart attack um, for about 20 minutes. Uh, was in a coma for a couple of days. Um, and uh, I would not be here today if it wasn't for somebody doing strictly compressions on me for 10 minutes. There you go. Uh, the gentleman that was doing the compressions had not had any um, training since he was in the Navy 35 years earlier. Uh, had never used CPR before then. Uh, something is always better than nothing. And also, no coincidences here, I am also now am a uh, CPR instructor for one of the casinos. Wow. Um, so CPR works. Let, let me just make a quick comment and I'm going to turn it back to you. I, this is amazing that you and I are talking right now. And I'm sure you feel that way because you probably every day you, you, you just feel blessed that you're still alive. But it goes to show you don't quit. There are a lot of people that wouldn't go 10 minutes. They'd be like, oh, I, I did everything I could. Yeah, they'd quit in a couple of minutes. But they say that the compressions are enough. 
that it moves the blood, which then creates what you need to keep the brain, to keep the heart, keep the vital organs uh, alive. Uh, so it sounds to me, but I'm going to ask you this. You sound amazing. You speak perfectly. Did you recover 100% completely? No, no. I'm dealing with memory issues every single day. Okay. Um, it's a challenge, uh, but I'm grateful to be having those challenges yeah. every day. Um, yeah, it, 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 my, my short-term memory is, is, is um, lacking, uh, but I, um, I'm a firm believer in exercise. Um, not just in the body, but also in the mind. So I uh, make sure I challenge myself um, as often as I can uh, on purpose. What what type uh, of what type of event caused you to go into cardiac arrest? Did you have a major heart attack? Yeah, I had the widowmaker. Oh boy! Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had a widowmaker actually twice. Wow! Uh, the time wasn't nearly as bad. I actually had it while I was in the hospital uh, doing a checkup. So. Uh, but yeah, but now here we are. Uh, Ten years later, I just left the doctor, and he he was he, he was so excited because uh, I'm in the best shape that I've ever been. Um, the heart's looking good. Um, yeah, everything is uh, awesome. Very 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 blessed to be here. And, and like I said, no coincidences. I just left literally within two minutes of uh, leaving the office. You guys were talking about the chest compressions. It's crazy. And and and, and I think and, and, and I, I could be absolutely wrong. Uh, but I think that sometimes um, what they're trying to do is push just the chest compressions because some people are a- afraid of doing and doing it correctly with all the steps. Yeah, that's pr- pretty um, much what I had said. So, so, yeah. Also, there is worried about overventilation yeah. if yep. you do the breaths. I don't know if we used to oh, do 15 absolutely. compressions to two breaths. We would do one and two and three yep. and four and five. And when we would get to 15, then we would yeah. tilt the head back, give two breaths, get back. And then if you had two-person CPR, even better, uh, because one person can handle right. the compressions and the one handles the ventilation, yeah. then you would switch. Next time, we will switch on the compressions, yeah, so you say it, and away you go. Correct. Yeah, because you get exhausted doing it. Um, I worked in one of the casinos here. We, we do CPR a lot on uh, uh, you know, a lot, uh, heart attack and uh, overdose uh, victims, and um, you get exhausted. There's an adrenaline rush that's happening. As well as the physical, yeah. Um, um, you know, it's, just, it's difficult to keep on going. So switching is good. If you do, you know it. And to those listening, if you did compressions and you did them right, and you did them for ten minutes, you will be the only thing keeping you going is adrenaline because you want to save someone. You are physically shot. You are spent if you do that for ten straight minutes. Did you get to uh, to know the person that uh, saved your life? Uh, oh, forget about it. Yeah, there's a whole team. I actually had my heart attack at Stockton. I was a student as an, um, an older individual going to school, right, an adult. Mm-hmm. And um, what's funny, they say, you know, you always say no coincidence. I was going to school um, as part of my retirement. Uh, I want to become a school teacher. Um, and now um, that's not happening because of my cognitive issues. Uh, so now I am the trainer at one of the casinos in Atlantic City. Um, and I do CPR, so it, it, you know you make a plan. God laughs. Uh, so I, I have a classroom setting uh, once every two weeks. So here I am. I'm a, I'm a teacher, but just not at the uh, the level nor the the, the environment that I thought I was going to be in. What an awesome call! Well, but if this I is... could, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, but, but if I could, real quick. So you, you speak of the timing of the uh, 
uh, the compressions. Uh, this, the easiest way of remembering it is the old BG song, Staying Alive. And that's the beat that you want to use. I like that. I, 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 Staying Alive. Yeah. Five, and if you keep it at beat, and uh, after two to three minutes, you're totally exhausted. You're absolutely right. It is so good to talk to you, and I'm so happy that I can talk to you because that means you're here. Yep, absolutely. Thank you. All right. Have a great day. Be well. Continue to have a great life. We've got to get the break in. We will be right back with your calls. Please don't go away. 609-407-1450. You know how I say all the time, and he was saying it, uh, that I don't believe in coincidences. That's just not a coincidence. He gets in his car right after a, a cardiac appointment, and we're talking about CPR. It's just amazing. And uh, that's not it's not an accident. One open phone line, 609-407-1450. Don't go away. This is Early in the Morning, WPG Talk Radio 95.5 and on the WPG Talk Radio app. WPG Talk Radio 95.5, South Jersey's number one talk station. Because you did that. That's how that happened. 32 minutes past the hour, one open phone line. That's it. 609-407-1450. Welcome to Hurley in the Morning. You're on the air. Hey, uh... A gracious good morning, Harry, and a happy, healthy, and positive new year to you and yours, and especially your Paramount listeners. Oh, that was well done. Same to you. Well, well, thank you, Kylie. Listen, I want you, you were touching, I'm going to just uh, do a uh, quick 180, because earlier you were talking in regards to the uh, AI. Yes. And there was... Uh, I believe that the work ethic is, uh, I think they're making room for the work ethic as an avatar to put in the Smithsonian. As much as they say the millennials have a good work ethic, they really don't have the, I would say, the cohesiveness and continuity to continue to become more a collaboration of a work team because there's too many different technological devices that they have to focus upon rather than looking at another individual. So to me, the Protestant work ethic was is, is really under fire or being condemned because it's, number one, has religious connotations. But if it wasn't for that, there would not have been like the Golden Age of America or the Industrial Age because right. they read... And, and it thrives through competition. Now it's, it's true that we had the Renaissance, and that was uh, interesting, and obviously a, a time of great um, invention, creativity, and stuff. Then you had the the Industrial Revolution, and now really this is uh, the age of artificial intelligence. The vacuum of what these people do with their time, yeah, and for themselves, yeah. And you can just take a look at all the friggin' crazy narcissistic people that are out there, especially at the Senate floor now, people like where the minority holds the majority as a hostage. So I know I'm just sort of like going a little tangential, but I ponder the, you know, you, you've said, I would say for the last year or so, we're on the road to uh, losing our country. Well, now I think they're putting toll booths uh, on not only the the process of explaining why you think you're losing your country, but you're not allowed to even utter it. And somebody said something the other night that if you said to one of like uh, 
General Neely or General Austin, uh, uh, what would you do if you had to invoke the 25th event, uh, Amendment or the 12th Amendment? I don't think any of those guys that are in power right now know a darn thing about the Constitution and the true reason, because everybody that's in the military, and there's another work ethic. You know, that's a calling, that's a work ethic, and that's dedication. But you are there when you go into it to actually say that you are here to defend the country and the Constitution. And uh, that's about it. Thank you. I feel kind of bad about that. Yeah, yeah, you should. Such is life, Harry. Yes, sir. As I always say, never go barefoot at a dog park. (laughs) (laughs) That's good. (laughs) Have a great day. That's a good one. 609-407-1450. Welcome to Hurley in the Morning. You're on the air. Good show, Harry. Good morning. Thank you. Um, Harry, yes. I'm confused. Okay. Uh, what, what's going on in uh, the House? Okay. I've uh, what I read uh, yesterday uh, uh, and uh, what I'm seeing now. I am going so to, confused. I'm going to make it clear. There is movement that probably in the 12 noon hour we will see for real where it looks like at least six, maybe as many, 10 members, as many as 10 members, will be going over to Kevin McCarthy in the next vote. Uh, There was a deal struck that McCarthy had made a previous deal. Hey, look, any five members can bring up any time a vote to remove me or whoever is speaker, and that wasn't acceptable. They wanted it to be one. He gave them that. They wanted a certain number of Freedom Caucus members to be on committees. He gave them that. So from the time that folks went to sleep last night and woke up this morning, a deal was struck where between six and ten votes should switch. So what I would expect, the next vote will probably be something like Hakeem Jeffries, 212 And I want everybody to know, unless Republicans are absolutely barking mad, and I don't think they are, there won't be a scenario where Hakeem Jeffries will become the speaker. This is just a matter of will it be McCarthy or will it be Steve Scalise or Jim Jordan? I think it's one of those three. And I think it's going to be McCarthy. So this next vote will be something like 212 to maybe 207 or 208 possibly as high as 210 to 211 if all 10 come along. And then I think you're going to see that this will happen within the next, I hope, several ballots that will have a speaker. I think we're getting close. I see the last time this happened. I think it went to, well, 100 years ago, I guess. Well, 99 years ago in 1923, it went 14 ballots. (laughs) In 1856... It went 133 ballots. Okay. So if it took, I think I, it took 220 days. Yeah, that's so not going to be mean, that. Unless, it's not going to be that. Unless You look at it this way. They're voting three times a day. Uh, if it took 14 ballots and matched what happened in 1923, 99 years ago, they like to say 100 because it sounds better. Uh, but I think it's it's under 100, but still a long time. I think we'll wind up – I'm just throwing this out as a flyer. I don't know. I think we'll we'll end this within – it'll be under the 14. Right now it's six. This will be seven. I don't think it ends on the seventh, but I think it ends pretty soon. So I think this will be be less than 99 years ago. Well, Congress will be getting ready to run for re-election again, yeah. and I don't think anybody will vote for them then. So um, 
No, I mean, 200, I mean, anything. I mean, don't even think or compare about talking today with considering maybe, yeah, well, you know, this is America and we're doing the right thing. And all that may be true. All I know is President Trump obviously feels that McCarthy is someone he can work with. I think people that Trump was very good to have been very disrespectful to him. People like Matt Gates, who I think is a basket case. Oh. Uh, and some of these other ones, because a lot of them don't even exist. DeSantis doesn't exist. DeSantis was out of the running. He was going to get smoked in the Republican primary for governor. Uh, yes, Trump Trump made him the Republican yeah. nominee. And Trump's endorsement got him over the top. He won by a fraction of a few tenths of one percent over a very bad candidate, Andrew Gillum, who wound up in all kinds of trouble right after the election. So. DeSantis is a star, and but people better remember who made him. Trump made him, like he did all these you know, people that are doing this goofy stuff right now. Harry, you know what you're talking about. Thank you. And uh, it's, it, with DeSantis, you're spot on. And um, there uh, was there there was somebody else just recently too, and, and the name's not coming to me. By right the way, now. nobody knew his name. DeSantis was not even known well in Florida. Before Trump made him famous, he was fading on Trump. He was totally and fading, then, totally fading. Trump, and, and Trump's then, endorsement put him in the spot to become governor. Period. I know. I have felt that uh, the only person I really trust in Washington, and it's been proven. I mean, he's had he's had special. He's been uh, impeached twice, and he remains standing. The only clean person to me down in Washington, or almost in Washington, is President Trump. He's truly electable. I mean, that microscope has been on him and he's come out. Yeah, let's wait until it's a let's wait till it's an actual campaign and he beats all the other ones again. And then he's the nominee. And then it's a choice of him or Biden or him or Harris or whoever they put up. Uh, And then it's a whole different ballgame. There's this notion that he's finished. I don't agree with. And oh, by the way, uh, they're trying every dirty trick in the book, including indicting him. That still won't stop him from running. And how about this? His taxes have been six years of his taxes totally released. None of these people that say, oh, I released mine. None of them have had their full tax returns ever released like this. There must not be much in there, Linda. We haven't heard much about those tax returns, have we? No, that's because his high-priced uh, accounting firms are taking care of it. His yeah. high-priced lawyers yeah. are taking care yeah. of it. My, I wish my husband would call you. He, he, because he, he took advantage of the, the tax laws and did everything legally. And if he didn't, there'd be all kinds of stories. So this is what the Democrat media does. They By innuendo, they convict you. Then when the evidence proves that you are not guilty, you're innocent as charged, like Russia collusion, they just drop it at that point. Notice they couldn't be smothering enough on those tax returns from the second they've been released. Crickets. Nothing. I like Jeff Vandrew. I've always liked. Do you remember when we tasted ketchup over in in, in your studio one time? We we had W ketchup (laughs) versus yeah. You 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 and Vandrew went for the W. Everybody else picked Heinz, including me. No, I did. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah, Vandrew and you were the only ones that picked W. Okay. Yeah. All right. So anyway, I mentioned about, and I always, I know that Vandrew is always, as a Democrat, was a huge, huge vote getter. And, uh, and I liked how he voted. And I used to, you know, I just thought, you know, you really should be a Republican. I said all that to say this because someone, I don't think much of people in Washington these days. And so somebody said, oh, well, how about Jeff? 
I said, well, yeah, he's a good man, especially since he said he, I got a letter saying he said he was pro-life. So now I love him. And look, look also how loyal he's been to Trump, uh, not when it's convenient, not when it's easy, but when it's tough. He's a good man. Well, I love I, so I said, well, Jeff is in training, and this, and, and that's really a compliment, Jeff, because everybody should be in training from 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 experiencing President Trump, and and that's how I regard DeSantis. DeSantis is in training and is arriving, and it's because of Trump. That's correct. Thank you, Linda. Thanks. Bye. Happy New Year. You got it. Say hello to John. Six zero nine four zero seven fourteen fifty. In this order, you, and then you. When we come back, it's 44 minutes past the hour. This is Early in the Morning, WPG Talk Radio 95.5 and on the WPG Talk Radio app. WPGG Atlantic City, WENJHD3 Millville, a Town Square media station. It's Jesse Kelly. Why do you think so many countries have huge gold reserves? Gold lasts. The value of gold lasts. How many times have I told you Buy things you can touch and feel because you know the value lasts. There's nothing like precious metals, nothing out there like it. I buy all my gold from Oxford Gold Group, 833-974-1300. They'll deliver it to your front door, Oxford Gold Group. And now a small business setback is assessed by a beloved family pediatrician. Oh, hey, tiger. Big scary tree ranch, give your work truck a boo-boo. Yeah. Wow. See this thing on my phone here? It's the Progressive Mobile app. Just push that little button there and report your claim. boy. When owning a small business gets painful, Progressive Commercial is here to make it all better. Get a quote in as little as six minutes at ProgressiveCommercial.com. <gasps> What's this? Candy drawer? Who wants a lollipop? Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates covered subject to policy terms and conditions. Photo claims not available in all states or situations. Hi, it's Mark Lee and Van Camp. Join us later today at 1. Now back to Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM South Jersey's Talk Station. We're back. It's 47 minutes past the hour. It is the Hurley in the Morning program on South Jersey's number one, all because of you, WPG Talk Radio 95.5. We're going to speak to a sports fan next, and I do want to comment. And then we did let the next caller know who they are, and Ginny, you are after that. If you can hang in there, we'll get all three calls in. We're now uninterrupted until the um, Brian Kilmeade program starts at uh, six minutes past the top of the next hour. Um I think the NFL has handled – they didn't do well in the beginning, and I think they even lied because I, I know Joe Buck a little bit, and he's a good man. Joe Buck did not say that the NFL told him that the game is going to start in five minutes, that the teams have been told the game is starting in five minutes if he didn't get told that. He didn't make that up. I don't believe that. The NFL, Troy Vincent, who I like – a great former Eagle, executive vice president of the NFL. He said they never said that. Uh, obviously, one of them isn't telling the truth. Now, no one's no one's bothered to challenge this. But other than that, I think the NFL has handled it very well. They were trying to find a way to play the game that night, whether they want to admit it or not. That wasn't good. But you, you know what the best thing to do sometimes with a big decision is don't make it too soon. Not don't procrastinate, but guess what? That game might not be necessary. Let's wait and see. Play your regular games, Buffalo and everybody, uh, this Sunday. And then if that game is necessary, then I'm sure the league has already made a decision that they'll either delay the playoffs a week because you can't let these two teams play and 
you know, you can't you can't play like back to back. You got to have you, you don't play in the NFL the most you, the the smallest uh, distance in time you ever have is six days. I mean, they just and usually it's a week. And then if you have the bye week, you get the rest. And sometimes if you play, you know, on the uh, the Thursday night game, you don't play again until the following Sunday. So you wind up with almost ten days. So they're they're good they're they're good about that kind of stuff. So I think it's smart. They're, nobody's sweating over if that game will be replayed. When will it be replayed? If it's needed, and I think it is going to be needed. But look, anybody can lose any Sunday. So if if the Chiefs and the Bills and the Bengals all mathematically have a shot, you've got to play that game. You can't you can't short circuit that and and call it a tie or or change the math. I mean, it's just, it's it's not, you don't play a whole season to do that. Anyhow, I said we're going to talk to a sports guy. Go ahead, Matt. Yes, boss. Yes, yes, yes. You're, I agree with you completely on everything you just said about the NFL season. Yeah. But can I start real quick by interjecting, um, on your CPR topic real quick, and then we'll talk about the rest of the season. Can I do that on open forum? Of course. Okay. <clears throat> when I was under your tutelage at resorts, okay? Yes, sir. One of the areas that I ran was the uh, health spa. Yes, sir. Okay? Yeah. I picked you. I know that. Now, I had, I had a hotel guest come in one time. She was pregnant. She was pregnant, and she was epileptic, okay? And if you have, if you're pregnant or have epilepsy, you should not go on a 103.5-degree jacuzzi, okay? Yeah. It says it right on the sign that I had there. Yeah, okay? yeah. Yeah, it's too hot. Either, either one of those. Yeah. Either one of those. Well, she went in there, and she got up to get out. She slipped. She was having a seizure, an epileptic seizure. She slipped, whacked her head off the marble coping, busted her head wide open, went under the water with a seizure, and was pregnant. Oh, my God. And that was my call. Okay? That, by the way, that, that, was, a bad, that was a bad decision for for a pregnant woman to make i'm not a fan of a pregnant woman going into a hundred and some degree uh jacuzzi just nothing extreme you know you want to keep things you know as moderate as you can don't smoke don't drink alcohol not excessive heat not excessive cold uh then you throw epilepsy on top of that and that's a um that's just a disaster wow so Terrible. I don't know whether this came across your desk because you're my immediate boss. This is why I say boss every morning when I call you. Well, knowing you, you would have brought it to my attention. Knowing you, you're a manager, you would have handled it. I'm sure you called security uh, and they dealt with the patron. Uh, and I'm sure you brought it to my attention. I don't have a vivid memory of this particular incident at all. Uh, but uh, that's just all the way around. This is just a, a customer, a patron that... Um, just made a really bad decision, bad health risk decision. 
Well, the state law is you can't have it above 104 degrees, and I used to keep ours at 103.5, okay? That's what I got, like, just to be sure, in case I had an emergency inspection, whatever. So I get her out. What do I do? First thing, I have to pump her. She was drowning, first of all. I had to get the water out of her lungs. I get that done. I had her tongue in my hand, Harry, because she was seizing. Yeah, sure. Okay. Then I told my girls, get me towels, a lot of towels, a lot, because her head was busted wide open. She's bleeding all over the jacuzzi. Okay. Yeah. This is something, this is a triple effect. Of, of a rescue that you, you wouldn't even imagine in your entire lifetime, okay? She's seizing. She almost drowned, and her head's busted wide open, bleeding all over the, all over the deck. Yeah. Okay? And people that don't know, head injuries, it can be the forehead. They bleed yeah. unbelievable amounts. Yeah. It looks, all over. Yeah, it all look, over. And I'm trying to stabilize her it. neck. I'm trying to stabilize her neck. I'm mm-hmm. trying to stop her from seizing. I have her tongue in my hand. I'm telling you. Yeah, because she And she it, it was incredible. It was incredible. And then I said, call 911. I told my girls, call 911. Uh, the EMTs got there, the paramedics. I, and I just stood up and I said, you take her from here. Mm. But I got her out of there. Now, that's that's something. Yeah, okay? that's real life. That That was... That was one of the most incredible rescues I ever made. I made a lot of them, okay? But anyway, what do you think, Harry? The Giants aren't going to play any players this week against the Eagles. No, you heard? No, no. I, I, I commented on this the other day. The head coach says he's playing all the starters. Here's oh, Giants head coach? Giants head coach said he's playing the starters, but... I haven't followed it that closely since that statement was made, but I always took that as though maybe for the first quarter or something like that. Are you saying that the Giants are not playing their starters at all? We're locked into the sixth seed, Harry. Oh, no, no, I know that. I said the other day, I said the Giants at 9-6-1 have nothing to play for. They can only have an injury in this game. The Eagles have to play their players because they're playing for the number one seed uh, in the entire NFC, and even they need it to win their conference. So Eagles, Hurts is going to play. Now, if they're blowing the Giants out, they'll get him out of there. Uh, and I, I like that Minshew has gotten some play time. Uh, not a big fan, though, and I wasn't last year when he played a bit either. He's, 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 not, my, he's not my cup of tea. He's everything I don't want to see slow you know just i can't explain it. it's like burt reynolds in mean machine i see number 22 with the stash really? and the hair i did nothing about it i don't like his look i don't like nothing about it uh so i want to reiterate something or repeat something or whatever uh are you saying that the giants are not playing their starters I don't think they're going to play them. If they do it, maybe the first half. All right, so I, I'm, I, I always say this. I know what I know, and I don't know what I don't know. What I heard right out of the box, but this is days ago, was the head coach says, I play my players. The starters are playing. So I didn't take that that they were going to play the whole game. Somebody wrote me, you know, acting like I was wrong and that they are playing. I never said they weren't playing. It's just if I'm the coach... And that game's me and that game means nothing. 
I don't play any of them. What do you – I mean, I know it's nice to say you had a 10-game, you know, 10-win season, but you're number six. That's if you're 9-7-1 or 10-6-1. Who cares? And guess what? If the quarterback or uh, running back or a wide receiver or secondary, some of your line, offensive and defensive, you go get people hurt in a game that means nothing, you should be fired is the statement that I made uh, last week and into this week. So uh, my expectation would be either the starters wouldn't take a single snap, the key starters, or you play them just a little bit and you get them the heck out. Right, but if the Eagles win this game, they they win the division, they're number one seed, they get a bye. Okay, all of a sudden the roles are reversed. Giants have nothing to play for. We're locked in to six seed. Yeah, I, I mean, I, Matt, Hurts getting hurt changed everything. This was the game that we were hoping as fans would be meaningless for both teams. Uh, then nobody gets hurt, and uh, it, it had no impact. But the Eagles losing two in a row makes this a must-win, absolute must-win, because I think Dallas is going to win. And unfortunately, they split during the year. So that then they go to the division next, and Dallas has a one-game better record in the division at this time, even before the Giants uh, game. And so if Dallas wins, they'll have one loss in the division. If the Eagles win, they'll have two losses in the division, even if they win. So the Eagles have a better NFC record, I believe, but it won't go to that. It will end with the um, the second tiebreaker, which is – the division. So the Eagles have to play their starters. They have to win. And you're absolutely right. That's why it, the NFL is the greatest, you know, show on turf because everything you think you know, most people would have thought a few weeks ago, Eagles got it. It's in the bag. It's just they'll win one of the next two and they have the record set and the Giants game won't matter. Now they got to put them out there. But see, I, I'm a fan of Hurts having to play anyhow. Because then they get a bye, and if he didn't play again until after the bye week, you would be talking about a quarterback that hadn't played in a month. That's no good. I I, I agree. I agree. I I think they should let him, uh, you know. I I see the Eagles crossing the Giants this week, but... Well, a friend is writing me, and I am aware of it because I do this entertainment pool with Chuck. We don't gamble, but it's just for fun. And the Eagles are a 14-point favorite. I think in ours, they're 14-and-a-half because for entertainment purposes, it's always – there's no even spread uh, because you you need to have people win, not have ties. Uh, So with a half a point, you can't have a tie. So the Eagles are 14-and-a-half in what I picked the other day, and I actually picked them to win. Because I assume the Giants aren't going to play their starters at all or much at all. And that the Eagles have to win. So I think they're going to run up the score a bit so they can get Hurts out of there. They have, except for last week, they have the best, um, the most points scored in the second quarter in the entire league. The Eagles have scored more points in the second quarter than some teams have scored their entire season. Did you know that? Oh yeah, they're they're on fire in the second quarter. They're yeah. definitely on fire. They scored, I think, uh, more than ninety five percent of the league. They scored more in the second quarter. 
while they've scored more than 100% of the league in the second quarter, they have the most points in the second quarter scored. They have actually scored more points in just the second quarter. And I don't know how many it is, but then then some teams have scored for their entire season, all four quarters times 17 games. So it's pretty amazing. Matt, I, got, I want to get two more calls in, so I got to go. Uh, go Eagles, and your Giants are in, so nobody gets hurt at this point. Welcome to Hurley in the Morning, and Ginny, you are on deck. Caller, go right ahead. Good morning, Harry. How are you? Very well. Thanks for asking. Hey, I just, great. I just wanted to start off by saying that we are so lucky to have you uh, on air in South Jersey. Wow. You're so well-versed in everything I've called a few times. We've discussed the vaccine. We've discussed Trump, the presidency, uh, everything. And this morning's segment on CPR, you are just phenomenal. Ah. So I just really wanted to say that first because it's really... It, it, you've encouraged me as a, a business owner and a, a licensed professional to maintain and participate in my my professional uh, uh, associations, like little things I hear all the time from you. I just want you to know that. Wow. Uh, what, a, what a kind remark. And uh, I'm humbled by it. And I, I really sincerely thank you for what you just said. Appreciate it. Well, you're very welcome. And, and it's just tremendous. And then just quickly, I just want to share a CPR story. Um, I started off as a, uh, an EMT in Atlantic City, as a matter of fact, in the late 80s, early 90s. Um, and then I became an RN and did critical care nursing and traveling and flight nursing and open heart surgery and whatever for wow. years. Wow. Um, I think it was right around the end of my EMT stage. Um, we went out for a Mother's Day dinner and in the middle of a crowded restaurant, uh, my mother choked on a piece of meat. And um, stood up and uh, started to go out. And uh, my sister, who was also in nursing school, um, I just jumped up, ran over, uh, did the Heimlich. And within three, for us, uh, we did this lodge uh, and everything was fine. Um, We left the restaurant. She was severely embarrassed. But after the adrenaline rush, you just realized what happened. Yep. And you're exhausted. It, it takes so much out of you. And then you, I did it for a stranger. You did it for your mom. So that's great. That was your right. mom. You were saying so. That's at another level. I, and I did, I did use CPR on my oldest daughter when she was very, very young, and she was choking mm-hmm. on on an item. It was a French fry, just to be honest. Uh, and yeah, very, very scary. When it's your immediate family. You will even wonder yep. if you have it in you to be able to do what you are trained to be able to do. In your case, you were really yep. trained. In my case, I'm a civilian that that was a basic rescuer, that was an instructor of CPR. But you know, I, I mean, it was just I passed a class. You know, you gotta you gotta be able yeah. to do it when when it's on the line. And he, you raised something very interesting. Anytime someone chokes, they stand up. I don't know what that is. Mm-hmm. It's the fear. You think you're going to die. Uh, the guy that Correct. I saved Correct. was standing up. Your mom stood up. Everybody stands up when they're choking. Just a, just a, uh, a yep. little fun fact there. But the thing is, is if you're trained, and again, advise everybody, just go get the basic training because you yep. never know when it's going to come in. And it would be your mother. So, and it, awesome. You know, it was, uh, so thank you for everything. I really appreciate it. Thank you. you. Enjoyed the whole call. Ginny, it's going to be short and sweet, but I promised I was going to get you on. You're on. Go. 
Thank you, thank you. Uh, you. You are. You are a font of information for everybody listening all the time. Oh, thanks. And I'm going to ask you a question yes. now. Yes. If you didn't get a, a uh, stimulus check, who would you call? Uh, who would you contact? I would, I'll tell you who I would contact, and it's a federal stimulus check, correct? Yes, I haven't gotten anything. Very simple. Call Congressman Van Drew's office. They have people that are working with people just like you. Uh, they'll open up what's called a case, you know, file on it, and they will help you get paid. They know who to get a hold of that we could never reach. Call Van Drew. You have the number? Uh, not off the top of my head because I, I, I use his cell phone, to be honest. Um, but um, it's easy to get. You can call either the Washington, D.C. office or I would call maybe the New Jersey district office. I think it's still the same number that Lobiondo had. If we had more time in the program, we're at the end of the program. I would get it for you, but um, it's easy to get.